it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Hi, I'm Sam Chaplin. I'm a podcaster. I do the cinema podcast Cinema Swirl, and you're listening to the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Hi guys, um, it's the Gorgon Podcast, and uh, I do believe Jamie, oh, I'm so sorry, I've kind of cut in a bit there. It's the 58th edition? Right. Yeah, man, that's great that is, so the Gorgon's a podcast, and I do believe these right here, you don't have to keep waiting, okay. I do believe these right here, um, are the Gorgon's a Sam Chaplin. They are indeed, sir. Yeah. I'll drive, hit it! Hello everybody and welcome to the 58th edition, 58 nuts I tell you, of the Chronicles of Podcast and these these are the Chronicles of Sam Chaplin. It is I, the bearded brummy Jamie and joining me as always, as always, this handsome devil over here. Uh, I mean, it's acorns. It's the, it's the Scotsman Tom. Um, it's acorns? It what? You said something about nuts a minute ago, so I was just oh. like, uh, conquers? Acorns, that'll do. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. Just trying to bring a bit of flavour to the show. Acorn um, flavour. Could have gone with pistachio, could have gone with cashew, you know, like a normal nut. Uh, but no, <laughs> I went with fucking acorns. Let's appeal to our squirrel audience. There's nothing wrong I don't with that. I don't think acorns ever really get enough credit, do they? Like they never get talked about anymore. It's always conkers. Acorns never seem to be. Conkers is it an acorn a conker though? I have no idea. But acorns more rare. Like are acorns a thing. Like they are a thing. What happened to them? Acorns? Are you here? Um, <laughs> They're here. I see them every morning. They're fun to stamp on. They make a fun noise under your foot. Oh fair. Okay. Um. Anyway, sorry, let's move on from that really anyway. quickly. Um, <laughs> Luke asked me a question today, right? Which was, if you were a serial killer, which serial would you kill? <laughs> which I thought was one of the greatest <laughs> questions I've ever been asked because I found that really difficult to answer. Crunching on cornflakes. Would I kill? Probably fruit and fiber. 
Yeah. Do you say crunch no cornflakes? Do you say I did say crunch no cornflakes. No. Yeah. Or really cheap cornflakes. Why don't no 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 let's just let's track back a second. Why don't you like crunch no cornflakes? I don't really like the flavour of nuts. I'm not a big nut person and they just stink no, I just no, not a fan. They stink? Yeah, they smell funny. Do not of think. nuts. No. I, don't, I don't know. I just don't like the smell of crunching on cornflakes, okay? Are you not a nut fan or no, no, I don't like any nut. The only nuts I don't mind are hazelnuts on top of a cornetto. That is about it. Of course it is. Because, you know, <laughs> I want nothing but it's got a big chocolate. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'd, like, a, yeah. I'd never Sorry. eat a hazelnut, but if it's on top of ice cream or if it comes in a chocolate spread form like Nutella, I'm down. Hazelnuts. Did anyone get a pass for me? Peanut yeah, butter. That's one of Karis's favorite. Peanut butter is, is elite. No. Peanut butter is actually all elite. Um, Karis is one of the greatest things ever. Um, she's watching World's Toughest Prisons, and um, I was like, she had her headphones on, but I was ch- talking to her because I knew she couldn't hear me. Um, and I, I came just to come on to do this recording with you now. I said, "No, babe, but listen, but listen, but listen, right?" I, they, were, they were talking about the people smugglers, but it wasn't the smugglers. It's you know the the smugglies, <laughs> the smugglies. <laughs> do you mean the refugees? <laughs> the smugglies. <laughs> What a word. That's now when it's that's forever going in the English language. It's got a <laughs> smugglies. Fucking hilarious. You know, that's on this fucking superb. Yeah. You just die for like five minutes because you can't breathe or function or do anything because you're laughing so much. It was literally, <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. But did you say she's watching World's Toughest Prisons? Yeah, so it's a guy who got in, in Britain got... um incorrectly prisoned for 12 years or something and he finally managed to free himself and now he goes all around the world going to the world's toughest prisons if there's um, one thing i'm learning about your other half is that she's keeping these cheesy terrible tv programs in business um it's not cheesy or terrible um I think if i remember <laughs> rightly our previous um network used to absolutely love this show as well makes a lot of sense so yeah, um, but no, it's 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 interesting. It's really it's not cheesy in any way, shape, or form. Um, I wouldn't mind if I was going to get arrested. Though I want to get arrested in a Cypriot prison, Cypriot okay. or Norwegian. Um, it's good to know you have your preference of prison. Or they look they look after you, so that's the main thing. <laughs> to be fair, I've heard Norway's got some nice prisons. Well, they let you go out on an island and all that sort of shit. I've heard. So yeah, fair play. It's pretty decent up there. Anyway, that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, I just want to bring one thing to your attention before we uh, get cracking. Um, okay. Jamie, do you think sports cars are loud so people will avert their attention to the person driving with small dick syndrome? I was going to say, that is the reason why they're so loud, because they need to make up for the tiny penis. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting, isn't it? How I think it was a Lamborghini or a Porsche, something that drove past me, and I was just like, this is just so unnecessarily loud. It doesn't need to be this loud. I don't get why, why they are so loud. Neither do I. I don't quite get why they are this loud. They don't need to be. You don't need. No. Let's start having electric Lamborghinis and electric Porsches. Be a bit, you know, a bit fucking quieter. Oh god, I can't imagine how many petrol heads you've possibly just upset with that sentence right there. Couldn't give a shit. <laughs> Couldn't give a fucking shit. But um, that's not that's not what I actually want to talk about. But anyway, it's done now. What I wanted to talk about 
was my um, little bit of heroism that I gave. Heroism. Yeah, heroism. That's the word I want. That's the word. I, uh, I looked out for somebody um, on the bus last Friday. Oh. What happened was, basically, this um, bus pulled in and this Middle Eastern gentleman pushed in front of a lot of people uh, to get on the bus. But you have to have exact change in Wales. I don't know if it's the same in England. Yeah. So he didn't have said exact change. So he turned to the bus and went, has anyone got change for a £5 note? Uh, to which point he was wasting so much time the driver went, oh, come on, guys, just, let's just get on this wait until he comes back. So I got on. This girl, there's a girl in front of me. She got on, I got on, and then he came back to the driver. She sat one side. I literally sat the direct opposite side, but on, the, yeah, by the window. I'm just chilling. Just, just, um, I didn't have music on. I think I was dueling, doing Duolingo or something. This Middle Eastern chap then uh, is getting some change off this old lady at the front. She gives him the change and he goes to walk away. And she goes, so, so excuse me, can I have the fiver? And he was like, oh, 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 yeah. And then gave it to her. He then proceeds, bear in mind, there's about four rows of seats behind her and behind me. Nobody sat there, okay? Mm. He comes up, goes straight to the girl sat opposite side, and she, he goes, I'd like to sit next to you. And she's like, I'm really sorry, but would you mind not? There's plenty of seats behind me. I'd rather you didn't. And he went, no, 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 I insist. I want to sit next to you. And she went please don't. I don't want you to. She's like, there's plenty of seats. Just go and sit behind there. And he went, no, I'm sitting next to you. So I just went, mate, she said, no, there's loads of seats behind us. Just sit in one of them. She doesn't want you there. Just move. Just, just fuck off. I don't say fuck off, obviously. I was like, but you know, shift. Yeah. So he sat directly behind her. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. Why? Weird. Just, why? So weird. So weird. So I was just keeping an eye the entire time. Oh, yeah. why do people have to be so creepy and weird? Yeah, I know. But it's just so unnecessary. But Ooh. yeah, so she was like, it's like, it's fine. It was like, if you want to sit here, you want to work to do so. How do you keep finding all the weirdos lately? Like, someone's trying to convince a kid to fly a kite or whatever it was, and then it is. It's not... Oh, no, I was kidding. It's good to juggle. I'm not going <laughs> that to was a juggle. Words. My bad. That was but juggle. That was in England. That was in yeah. Chapman. So, yeah. Yeah, you're finding um, all the weirdos lately. There we are then. I, ha- I had a moment earlier. This isn't okay. a moment of heroism or anything. This is me realising I'm really stupid. I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about the movie The Matrix. Now, Becky also didn't realise this, so I just want to make sure I'm not on my own again. What's the name main character's name? Neo. What is he referred to as in the movie? Oh, Jesus Christ. You always find this out. The one. Yeah. That yeah. Neo is an anagram of one. I've never put yeah. that together well in my done. life. Oh never, my ever put that together in my life. Dude, come on, man. <laughs> 1999, that film came out. I can't be the only one. Yeah, only emails. One. You what? Fuck off, you just clicked on your bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Like, at least, yeah. at least. Becky hadn't had fucking realised that as well, so I'm not completely on my own. Explains a lot too, no joke. <laughs> Explains everything. I am joking. I am joking. I can't be the um, only one. I wasn't the only one. The people on the podcast hadn't heard, noticed it either, so I'm not the only one. That's insane. <laughs> you truly weren't the one and only. Um, no, I'm no Chesney Hawks. I'm no Chesney unfortunately Hawks. Unfortunately not, my friend. Unfortunately no. not. Anyway, how are you? Right I am very well. I'm a little bit tired because I've come off night shifts and my body's just on that adjustment bad day where it's like, 
you've gone back to a normal routine, but I'm not convinced you're still tired. <laughs> so it was like three o'clock this afternoon. I sat there, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I just want to go to bed. I haven't done anything, but I'm so tired. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I'm good. How are you? Does this remind you of Austin Powers by any chance? <laughs> it's white chocolate milkshake. But I can't help but feel this would be an Austin Powers joke. You know, like <laughs> where he drinks the shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like my hot chocolate. Yeah. Hey. Oh, Basil, this coffee smells like shit. It is, it is Austin. <laughs> oh, it's not just me. But yeah, I was just about to take a sip of that, that and I've just been really put off. <laughs> I like I really enjoyed myself before it came on the show. <laughs> I did, Keris darling. You do. <laughs> that was that dressing game, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. What was that? What was that joke I made about the fifties? Oh yeah, you do suck a good pecker, toots. <laughs> that's that's the result of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fucking hilarious. I completely forgot about that. It's like a mighty fine deck of their toots. That really horrible British radio. Yeah. And here comes Vince Hadley. Here he is, coming out the lair. You do suck a good pack of toots. You suck a mighty fine pack of toots. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I'm alright. I'm alright, oh, my friends. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little tired myself. <laughs> been celebrating. Oh, celebrating! Um, of course, the big news is obviously that uh, as of today, I have well officially handed in my notice at Specsavers, and I'll be leaving uh, to join a live events company. I'm very, very excited. Um, which means I'll be doing a bit of travelling, Jamie, um, across Europe, across the States, uh, and possibly South Africa, which would be unbelievable. So um, exciting times ahead, my friend. Yeah, it's pretty mental. Just something I just happened to stumble across um, a week or two ago and was like, that sounds a lot like I'd be great at. Yeah, (laughs) Um, it is to be as soon as you told me what the job was, I was like, oh, so it's basically Tom the job. It's, it's just it's just you. It's literally yeah. what I've been born to do. So I'm incredibly excited, really looking forward to getting stuck in. Um, so uh, Monday, November 7th is, uh, is the big day. Yeah, so very, very excited. Um, I'm very fucking proud of you, sir. Well done. Thank you. But to anyone from Spectators, it's just mainly probably Luke. Um, it's been an absolute blast, an absolute pleasure, sir. So thank you very much. Yeah, that that was the reason for my celebrate good times thing in the intro, but I obviously didn't want to give that away. That was for you to announce. But oh, mate, just just, let, just letting those listeners know that we're in for a celebration later on. Absolutely, absolutely, fucking lovely there, boys. We love um, it. So yeah, man, that's the big news of the week. That's the big news of the, what's been going on in your life, my friend. What's going on? It's been a pretty quiet one, to be honest. Mostly workity workity work work work. I've had one day off last week, and I spent that going to see the kids. So. It was always amazing to go see the kids, but a pretty uneventful week. Terrible weather. We just sat around chilling. I love it. Just chilling, hanging around with them, catching up on what they've been up to. Sam being his usual weird self. It's great. Watching him play Pokemon and lose his temper at Pokemon's you know, usual temple. Um, 
Uh, what else have I done for this week? I have be, got my tattoo cover up booked in, so finally getting that bloody done after so many years. Oh, I thought so, you'd already been to get it done. I thought that's why. No, you no, no. I, I went when I messaged you asking to try and find the tattooist because I, I had a meeting with him to basically discuss what we could do. And he basically looked at it and went, Tell you what, mate, book some time in. We'll sit there and just draw on your arm because I don't think I'm going to be able to put up a design plan together. We'll just draw on your arm and go for it from there. I was like, Sweet. So, November 4th, all booked in. Get it bloody sorted because it's dreadful. <laughs> it's not, I feel bad saying it's dreadful because it's my tattoo for my kids, but it's fucking dreadful. So, Scott's I can't wait. going to nail that. You know that, right? Yeah, I cannot wait to see how it comes out. I'm really excited. Like, I, as soon as he said November 4th, I was like, damn it, I was hoping for something so much sooner, like next week, because I'm so impatient. But it's fine. I'm very excited. Um, I'm going to see Jack Bauer that night. So, ooh. yeah, I can't fucking wait. More on him in a moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we did an interview on Sunday just so two days ago, and it was a daytime interview, half three in the afternoon. That was a weird experience. Yeah, weird daytime trying to work out the sun blaring in the room not an experience we used to ladies and gents but it was glorious another fantastic interview in the books um other than that watching wise as i mentioned mr bauer himself i finished season one of 24 what a fucking finale nina you bastard just yeah i didn't expect that ending the way it ended and i was just like Oh my God, Terry's dead. This is going on. What the fuck is happening? I need answers. I need them now. What happens the next day? Oh no, you're not going to tell me because this show ends on the end of the day. So I've started season two, but I'm like half of the first first episode. So a year and a half later. Yeah. But at least I know that he won the presidency. So well done to you. Oh, mate. You're in for a fucking treat. I saw like home, homeless looking Jack Bauer, and then it was when I, all I got up to. So I was like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Um, I've been carrying on watching The Crown because that program is so good. <laughs> it pains me to say it, but Matt Smith is just incredible as Prince Philip. And I'm learning so much stuff about this country, its history. It's like, I'm watching it and learning things. I'm like, why isn't this taught in school? Because we should know this. Like, I had no idea the royal family had ties to the Nazis at some point. I was like, what the fuck? Because, like, yeah, it's mind-blowing stuff I'm learning. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this more than I probably should enjoy a program about the Queen. But there we go. Uh, I finished that Jeffrey Dahmer program. Superb. Evan Peters deserves every award under the sun. Just incredible performance. Um, just the usual weekly shows. Great British Bake Off, She-Hulk, Andor. Loving it all. All amazing. But it is now October, sir, which means it is the month of Halloween. I'm so pleased you didn't say fucking spooky season. I would have no. left this meeting. I would have left this show. <laughs> there was no way we'd do anything ever again. It's not spooky <laughs> season. It's not a season. It's a month. It's exactly. autumn. It's not a season. It's Halloween month. Um, so one thing I did do last week as well, me and Becky, Becky put the day off work. I had the day off. We went to Merry Hill and we went Halloween shopping. We just went and found loads of Halloween decorations and stuff to put around the house because why the fuck not? In fact, today I came home with a six foot tall Jack Skeleton hang from the ceiling because, yeah, not no for Christmas rules. But every October, I basically try and watch as many horror films as I can. I just pick, just pick them off as much as I can. So I've watched two already. I've watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is 
I haven't watched it in years, and I forgot how good it is. And I've also watched The Craft, which I haven't seen in bloody years as well. So, yeah. Let's see what I can fit in this week. Nice. But, yeah, that's it. That's me up to date. That's all I've really done this week. Not been a busy one. How about you, sir? Uh, I've been doing a lot of reanimating, of course. Of course. Uh, but obviously, I had the weekend off. Me and Keris finally got a weekend off together. So, Saturday, we went out for her nephew's birthday. We went bowling, and I absolutely kicked ass. Um I'm actually really shit. So I was quite shocked when I led the entire way. I was like, oh, uh, okay, maybe I'm not as bad as I thought I was. Um, so I was, Keris was in second and then finished last. So she didn't see that coming. Yeah. Well, she was in second place and then her nephew just went, strike, strike. It's like, what the fuck's going on? Like in the last two um, frames, whatever they're called. So that was absolutely fantastic. That was great. And her mum took us out for dinner, which was really nice. Went to the Potters, uh, which is a pub in Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite, it was lovely, really, really nice. Um, and then we came back and just chilled the fuck out. I think um, we completed season eight of twenty four uh, to a massive cry fest. Um, oh really? And we're now on season nine, which I have not seen. So it's yes. really mental to be in to watch my favorite TV series of all time on a series I've never watched. Like, it's really fucking weird. <laughs> I'm sure you have answered this before, but I can't remember. Why have you never watched it? I just, because it, it came out four years after season eight does. So it's like four oh, years in the future. Okay. And it's set in Britain, which is even more amazing. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I think I was in a different time in my life then, and I never really got around to it. Fair. So, yeah, which is weird. So it's like watching it all over again for the first time. You know, it is the first time, but like, mm. it's my favorite team that finished years ago. Um, I was going to say it happened so long ago. You're going to forget bits, isn't that? You know, there's a lot I didn't. I remembered though. There's so that's I could watch that TV series over and over and over again without fail. I love it so much. It's so great. It still gets me like, oh my god, oh my. Like every, like even though I know it's going to come, like it's just it's so well written, so well done. It's phenomenal, absolutely yeah, phenomenal. Done. Fucking no one's loved season it. one. No. Jamie has butchered season one for you, but if you haven't seen it, just go and fucking watch it because it's absolutely amazing. I knew you wouldn't give a shit. It's absolutely amazing. So I highly recommend that you go and watch it because it's just one of the best TV shows ever made, if not the best TV series ever made, in my opinion. Um, so we finished season eight. We've been watching a series on Disney Plus. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, called Wedding Season. I don't know no, if anyone has so. seen this. Have I not mentioned this? It's um, it's unbelievable. I'm on the, we're on the finale and it it just like wow it's set in Scotland um again it's another murder mystery uh, it's not as good as only murders in the building but it's like a proper true crime thing um where this girl gets married and then her entire wedding are dead by her and it's really fucking good and it's very okay. funny as well really fucking funny um this is the Scottish people say they're going for a sheet like it's just absolutely amazing um i can't recommend it enough i cannot recommend it enough it's really okay. good Call yeah, me intrigued, on disney plus thoroughly get give it a couple of episodes but my ass it's unbelievable um so watching that um i don't think we've watched any we started to watch the league of extraordinary gentlemen um and then we got sidetracked um, and then obviously the NFL's been on, so that's been great. We did an interview Sunday, which is absolutely amazing. Really excited to release that next week. Um, but other than that, Jay, not a whole lot of it. Oh, 
And then I had my really important bits and pieces to do interviews and everything else, um, which I've obviously absolutely smashed as I said before. And I've now got a new job. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I applied for a promotion in my place. So let's fingers Did crossed you? I get that as well. So, yeah. Congratulations, dude. What? Uh, just team leader role. So application is in. So fingers crossed to hear back from that. Everything's crossed. Dick's crossed a lot. Dick's got both of them. Yeah. Balls, the lot. Well, I mean, yours are already kind of cut, so you could cross them. Exactly the fucking same. Is that how they do? Is that how they do? They snip it and just like tie the, the tube in a knot. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well, that sounds like just like tiny shoelaces, Julie. Yeah, lovely. That. <laughs> oh, so that's a little bore. His testicles there. Good job, Margaret. Thanks, Julie. I appreciate you. Do you want to do next ball sacks? I don't fucking want to touch that ugly thing. Fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move on to our friends, we do have a little bit of feedback from last week's episode. I just want to mention. Um, we had a couple of comments from Gemma Williams, our friend at Talking Cod Swallop. She said that Defects are her new favourite band following last week's interview because they are absolutely incredible. We fucking told you, everybody. Go check them out. We're going to the tour. We both got our tickets now. I'm very excited. I'll be in Birmingham. Tom will be in Cardiff. If, if you see us, say, oh, yeah. We're very excited. And she also. This hurt me. She agreed with you that one is a terrible Metallica song. Yeah. No, Gemma. No, Tom. Da, it's da, a da, fucking da, great song. Da, oh, but, da, da, oh, but when them drums kick in. Oh, it's fucking beautiful. I had Lars Ulrich face going on then. Anyway, <laughs> shall we hear a word from our friends at Stay Cozy? We should indeed. All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Barry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing, your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring the Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, the Chronicles at checkout. Oh, boys. Oh. Still, that advert will never be beat. I don't think nope. ever, actually. Never, um, But it's currently on the Stay Cozy Tour right now. Any American listeners, make sure you get your tickets. Go and see Say We Can Fly Live with Johnny Gilbert. They are currently smashing it across the States at the moment on the Stay Cozy Tour. So go and check them out wherever he may be close to you. Uh, and it's one for month of October. <laughs> Jamie. Yes, sir. Let's get treached. Time for Callum's treachings. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. This comes lovely. <laughs> so is this shit. <laughs> but seriously, this white chocolate milkshake is phenomenal. Like I, I had a whole thing of it from Tesco. I was just like, oh, I can't get enough of this bloody love white chocolate milkshake. It is the hit. The M&S one is elite, though. No one had touched the M&S one. I don't think I've ever had the M&S one. Oh, Jamie Westwood. It's like liquid milky bar. Oh, it's just phenomenal. But I'm not paying £2.59 for a tiny little fucking bottle. Fuck right what? off. Fuck off, Sorry, Britain. Woo! <laughs> How do we go from starting the treatments to talk about milkshake? Yeah, sorry. And m uh, Jamie, so Callum is back for another week of treaches. Shall we begin? Oh, definitely. 
What is Callum treating us? Fuck, every time. Oh, for God's sake. Come on. This week. B, P, D and Q are the same letter, just on a different rotation, and no one talks about it. B, P, D and Q are the same letters on... <laughs> That's yes. fucking clever. <laughs> that is clever. <laughs> That's really mental. <laughs> Uh, Where they're inventing the alphabet. We've got A, we've got B, you've got C. What? We've, tell you what, Jeff. Just reverse B round. Turn B round. Just fucking... No, I don't care. Just fucking turn B round, okay? They're not going to fucking notice. Just turn it round. There you go, C. We'll call that a D. Yeah? What do you think? No, no I don't care if it's fucking lazy, Jeff, all right? That's what we're having. But Brian... No, no. Jeff, listen to me, okay? There's only so many letters to go... <laughs> There's only something left we can come up with here. So we've got 26 of them. Let's just fucking cheat if we can. D for dumbasses, because they'll never fucking notice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so what can I do? Oh, oh, shit. I tell you what, just flip it upside down and we'll call that a P. Yeah? Fuck, no, fuck it. Look at it. it it's got a P sound in it. Look, Jeff, stop fucking moaning. You got your B and your D, and I got P. We can't exactly do anything else with it. What should come after P, though? Ah, oh, fuck. I found this on the. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> fucking serious. Want to get involved? I tell you what. Take the top of that P off and put that stick straight fucking through the prick. Yeah, fuck it. We'll call it a Q. <laughs> the ones I always fucking waiting for me, Jaro. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. What, I think I, mean, I have, but at the same time, you know, you just don't put it it's together. It's something you just like, yeah, you just don't go, oh, well, obviously B is doing the other way around and P upside down. Yeah. It's I just, not you know, logically, it's just, how, it's just how we taught the alphabet. You go, yeah, right, that's fine. That's how it is. This is there we are. But then again, why can't you go at the end of the alphabet with the, the letters that never get used, bar Y? Swap Y and Q round. Because Y gets used loads. Q never gets fucking... But X, Q and Z at the end, everyone's like, yeah, it's fine. That's just the bullshit letters that no one gives a fuck about at the end. We've got to have them there just in case we want to say zebra or something. It's fine. Yeah, well, xylophone. <laughs> I think I think X has only got like a page or two of the dictionary, isn't it? No one gives a shit about Some X. Some of that, yeah. Yeah. What's that? Well, we, we can't think of anything else, Jeff, to be honest with you, so we'll just fucking put X in there. <laughs> we had to have so many letters, so we thought, fuck it, we'll just make them up and shove shit at the end. Unless they only meant to have 25 and someone accidentally, they like just drew something as in like, that, well, that's a space for something else. And they went, oh, that, that's great. Well, that. <laughs> that's up to 26. Testing his pen and did a squiggle. I like that one. That could be Zed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we've made letters. We might as well fucking use them. Do you know what I mean? You might as well that's use well. them if you're going to create them. Uh, look at all these lovely animals. What's that one? Oh, shit, we haven't used Zed yet. What should we call it? <laughs> Fucking zebra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's last. That's last one. It's not even colour. It's not even colour. It's black and white. Fucking bad. Fucking zebra. Let's move on. Why are we all northern all of a sudden? What's fucking going on here? <laughs> why are we? Are, why are the creators of the alphabet, who are clearly Greek, fucking northern for all of a sudden from fucking Yorkshire? What's going on? Yeah. Because everyone's bloody Yorkshire. I'm from fucking ripping me. Where are you from? Fucking Barnsley. Absolutely <laughs> bloody love Barnsley. <laughs> Born and raised. Where best man's come from, Barnsley. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs>
Gonna get carried away. Where are you from, Sheffield? <laughs> Fucking hell. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jamie, what else? What else? What fucking else is Callum preaching us this week? People typically won't buy used bedding or cutlery, yet have no problem using it at hotels. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. no Callum. Don't do that to me. That's such a good point, though. I'm saying that same with restaurants when it comes to cutlery. I don't think it's washed and shit like that, but... Well, but, fucking yeah. hope so. <laughs> I mean, bedding, what? oh, hell no. But oh. then people, but it's changed. But people, but he's right though. No, no, I don't like it. Yeah, no, because I've I've quite happily brought stuff in charity shops before, but I won't buy bedding, things you eat with, and shoes. Anything else that I'm fair game saying that I did buy bedding once, but it was Power Rangers bedding. So, yeah. Not fair. Yeah, but he's absolutely right. Yeah. Oh. Could you imagine that being in the Premier <laughs> Inn and getting out and be like, "Why is the fucking shoe stuck to me?" Oh. Oh, yeah. forget. I used like, to work in a hotel. Running. I've seen it all. Yeah, I don't want to know the stories oh. either. <laughs> yeah, you got cape on there, George. <laughs> yeah, it's not tied. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just can't get off. It's fucking stuck. <laughs> oh. uh, good old hotel work. Yeah, me. <laughs> the only place an orgasm has made me jump. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Right, backtrack. <laughs> story, he- story time with Jamie. <laughs> Basically, in the middle of the night, we'd have to do floor walks just to make sure everything's okay, security-wise. And I walked around the corner, and suddenly just heard this woman go, "Ah!" and it scared the living shit out of me. Like I went, "Fucking!" <laughs> Scared the living crap out of me. I've like, never heard that before. <laughs> hey, sorry. <laughs> that was a great comeback. I'll give you that. But hey, <laughs> I'm only messing. You got four children. Um, I know what I'm doing. No I'm joking. <laughs> I don't. Um, it's it's but... don't swim. They fucking knuckle drag this. <laughs> don't do anything anymore. Where, where's that fucking egg? Absolute bastard! I'll fucking have her first. <laughs> Let me in, like Donkey Kong. <laughs> I never thought my sperm would be referred to as Donkey Kong. Before. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's get to the final treat, shall we, Jamie? Oh, yes, yes, please. And finally, Jamie, <laughs> what else is Callum treating us this week? This is similar to one of the treatings I've done a few weeks ago. Um, but when you cut your fingernails, they're still out there somewhere. Oh! Because <laughs> <laughs> you imagine someone, there's got to be somebody, I don't know, I, I doubt there is. So let me up going like, I will make another one of you. Lovely. That's DNA. <laughs> Where do you feel the, really, like the people who grow their fingernails, like World Guinness World Records and shit? Where do you think they all are? Oh. Oh, oh I don't like this one. Oh, things like creep me out. Yeah, because oh, well, they with teeth as well. People keeping teeth. Um, oh. Yeah, they got. Well, I wonder where they go. They must just be in the sea. That's gonna say they've just gone to build eat. bins and landfills and all that sort of shit. But it's still gross. The idea that there's just collections of fingernails in there. Well, I mean, might go from might go from the carpet to the bin, the Hoover. Sorry, the Hoover to the bin, the waste. Yes, yeah, it's probably in the landfill yeah. somewhere. It's probably like loads of just 
human fingernails. <laughs> Fair. Might go to the bin unless they get lost in the abyss when they ping and you can't find them wherever the fuck they've gone. I also seem to find that I'm cutting them and I slice them in the face. Oh, shing! Like, oh, you little bastard! <laughs> like they come back to attack for no reason. Oh, you cutting me off, you prick! <laughs> Do you remember that though? When you're cutting your nail, you just go ping. You're like, where the fuck did that go? <laughs> You hear it like a spit bucket. <laughs> Ding! Ding! Oh, okay. <laughs> Bullseye! Ten points. <laughs> it's got a good point, though, Jamie. It does have a good point, and it's be out there horrific. Quite I wonder how many are in your carpet. I do vacuum. Obviously. <laughs> I was trying to there's not any more. It's just the way I was hoping you could, like, oh, what about Danny's sofa? Oh, I hope not. Oh, no. Oh, there we are. That's another it. great issue of Callum getting... Street Chins right there. <laughs> well, Callum, you've officially freaked Jamie out. It's wonderful. It's great to watch him squirm the little fuck. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. It's weird. Well, we're learning it's... a lot about your opinion of me. I can't make people come, and it's fun to watch me squirm. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? It'd scare the shit out of me, though. I'm not going to lie. It's insane, it? anyway. <laughs> anyway, let's move on, shall we? Let's just get straight into Tom's journal. <laughs> and welcome to another edition of Tom's journal. No welcome to another edition of Tom's journal, Jamie. Yes, sir. I was to follow the, the uh, treatings is quite a tough task. But anyway, we shall. Di- I digress. This is a conversation between a husband and wife. Okay. Um, love the next booth over saying wooden swords. Does our son need a sword? Nope, absolutely not. It says message failed. I'm getting him a sword. It does not say message failed. <laughs> Do not get him a sword. Sorry, love. It's really loud in here. I'm having trouble hearing you. So your eye is here now. If you get our son a sword, he goes to work with you all this week to wreak havoc on you and your co workers with said sword. Deal. One co-worker has already approved this. <laughs> Every child needs a sword. Exactly. It's wooden anyway. It's not like it's going to hurt anyone, is it? I don't know. We twatted with a wooden sword. But probably her. Yeah, it wouldn't die, though. It wouldn't I know, stab you, would it? Wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure it was delicious. Anyway. Yeah, you get it down your neck. Um, <laughs> this is definitely a Jamie. This is a Jamie a journal edge right here. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do it as you. Jamie watching a film. One, start watching. Two, wonder what I've seen one of the actors in previously. Three, Google said actor. Four, go to their Wikipedia page. Five, find out every little detail of their entire life. Six, realize I completely missed the plot of the film and I have no idea what's going on. That was me from A to Z. Exactly. <laughs> it's completely me. I'm a nightmare for it. I literally will watch a program and I'm within seconds I'm looking them up on IMDb and like I don't know them from any of these programs. Where do I know them from? So yeah, and then yes, I'm looking them up everywhere on Google because I know that person. Maybe the worst is of animated movies when you know the voice and you just can't think who owns that voice. That's harder. That's even harder. I know, but my problem is because I don't want to be that person that sits on his phone and looks it up all the time. I'm, I sit there trying to remember. And I'm like, come on, you can work this out. And I realise I've still missed the plot of the movie because I'm too much in my own head trying to work out where I know this person from. It's a curse. What are you like? Huh? What curse. are you? Well, yeah, clearly, clearly, 
to curse. Jamie. Yes. People tell me that I have a real unique way of like lighting up a room. It's called arson, and those people are witnesses. <laughs> That's not where I saw that going. <laughs> but once, just once, I want the opportunity to dramatically swipe everything off a table to make room for a giant map that I used to explain the plan. Yes! That'd be sick, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be amazing. Right, bastard. Come on. You start there, I start there. He's going to come out of this bit. Oh, looks so fun. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Just give you a strong sense of like, oh, my dick's hard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean, though. There's certain movie tropes. You're just like, I wish I had any opportunity in my life to do that. Hey, you'd be like, fucking look at this club on, Jesus. Are you pointing to where we're going on the map? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, let me just put that away. But, oh, shit. Oh, hello. But seriously, though, Jamie, the one thing that no one ever talks about, uh, about being an adult, is how much time you debate yourself on keeping a cardboard box. Because, like, <laughs> it's a really good box. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. I better keep that one because I might need a box at some point. That's a good size, that box is. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, if I ever need to post something, that's a nice size, that box. That is a, a good Karis size. used to leave my top of the wardrobe all the time. I was like, babe, what are these boxes up here for? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> There's like seven of them up here. Yeah. In case I want to post something. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I might get some smugglies. I've got a collection of Amazon packets up there. I'm like, they're good size. I send anything or I need to post them off. These are good size to keep, these are. I have got three bo- vinyl boxes in my bed. So yeah, <laughs> Same way, like, when you buy something, like electronics or whatever, you keep the boxes. Like, you never know. If I'm ever going anywhere and I need to move this, it's good to have the box to put it in. Probably never going to use that box ever again. Oh, hell no. But I'm, I'm no. keeping it. I've still got the box, the, the Xbox and the PlayStation and stuff in the loft. I'm never going to use them again, but I've got them. I literally just recycled my PlayStation 4 box a few days ago. I've had it six, seven years. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think you might like this one a lot. You can take one man's trash to another man's treasure, but you can't make it drink. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, the blending of idioms or cliches is called a malaphore. My personal favourite, however, is we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. (laughs) I'm rather fond of... It's not rocket surgery. (laughs) Excuse me. And not the sharpest egg in the attic. But by all time... What's that a mix of? Until the cows freeze over. (laughs) Right. You've opened this can of worms. Now lie in it. <laughs> this reminds me of your accidental one. I think was it last week, the week before? Does the Pope shit in the woods? Yeah, that's another one, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does twice. Yeah. I do love that one, though. We'll burn this bridge when we get to yeah. <laughs> It's good fun. I'm I enjoying it. I love that one. <laughs> What is it? One in the uh, two stones with one in the bush. <laughs> That's my uh, interpretation. Okay, we're going back to superior bar fight. 
Oh, I like these ones. Okay. Vampire versus skeleton. Ooh. What's a vampire going to do? Suck the skeleton's blood that it doesn't have. On the other hand, werewolf versus skeleton would not be so good. All those bones. It's like a <laughs> Halloween version of rock, paper, scissors. Werewolf, vampire, skeleton. Oh, but what would a, what would a skeleton be able to do to a vampire? And then again, could use the bone to stab it through the heart. Skeleton's winning that one. Yeah. Oh. Mm. I'm trying to work out who would could a skeleton beat a werewolf. I don't think it could. Just no, well, that's consume, consume the shit out, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I like that one. But yeah, vampire, you are not winning a fight against a skeleton, sir. But you'll beat the werewolf. But you'll beat the werewolf. Oh, I like that one. That is a very and good now, idea. And now, I'm about to ruin three movies for you. Oh, no. Are you ready? No. My daughter just ruined Toy Story forever. She said... If one of the toys died, Andy wouldn't know. And he'd carry on playing with its corpse. Oh, <laughs> oh no. No. One of your favourite movies. Don't do this. Crazy realising it was pitch black during the sinking of the Titanic. In the film, everything's lit up. But when it actually happened, no one could see a thing. A huge structure buckling beneath them and all they could hear were the screams and loud creaks of metal. Oh, that's horrifying to think, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's not even ruining a movie. That's just making it so much more depressing. (laughs) I'm re-watching Science of the Lambs. I'm struck that basically every interaction Clarice has with a male colleague in some combination of leering, lecturing and intimidation. Uh, Dem's direction implies that by the time she encounters Lecter, he scarcely registers an anomaly. That's true, to be fair. That is true. She's looked down by fucking everyone. I'm glad you didn't ruin that one for me. I did fit that one. Yes. Yes, you can't ruin that fucking film for me because I love that movie. I've never seen it. Oh, it's a work of art. Yeah. <laughs> Fits in well, well this week's interview. Does <laughs> it, doesn't it? I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a couple more. Where am I? I'll give you a couple more. I'm here. Yeah. To say a few words, so I don't have like fucking nothing for next week. <laughs> Jamie, yes, there should. I used to love this show. There used to be. A, there should be a show, right, where the people from Storage Wars have to take the old broken lamp they just said was worth seventy five bucks to porn stars. Oh, that would be amazing! What a crossover! Yeah. Oh, it's worth five hundred bucks. This gets porn stars. I'll go with you for a fiver. <laughs> It'd be, like, it'd be like head. bargain hunt on the, in the UK. It'd be great. It'd oh, be great. Be, they, they should do more little crossovers like that. That'd be a great idea to watch. It would be great. It would be such a good idea. No, you spent this much on a locker. Let's see how much it's actually worth. Ooh, I like that idea. Right. Uh, I'll give you a couple more. Two more. Jamie. Yes. I went to a psychic, right? Right. I knocked on her front door. She yelled, who is it? So I left. <laughs> I could just, I just had that sense that this was going to be a fucking shit joke. <laughs> I'm the psychic. 
Right. Finally, we're going to play a game. Okay. Okay? Okay. Right. I'm going to give you two answers to this to this question, then I want your version of it, okay? So, you could pick a movie, okay? Yeah. Keep one actor. Okay. The rest are played by Muppets. Okay? So, the two answers I've got here, Saving Private Ryan. You think it's just a Muppet movie until they save Matt Damon. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good one. It's that was a great one. Right. And finally, uh, now reverse that and do The Martian. <laughs> I think it's a normal movie until he finally makes contact with Earth and it's all Muppets. Oh my God, I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> so Jamie, pick a movie, keep one actor, the rest will play by Muppets. This is hard because you got to think of one where there's like one main character. Part of me thought Castaway in the similar way to The Martian, but then I remember you see him with people at the start on the airplane. Yeah. Good shout, mm. though. This is quite, quite tough. Do you know what we should do? Whoa. Make this participation challenge question. Yes. Is what that's, we go, that's going in the mix. That's a great yeah. one. I've already announced for next week's one, but for the week after, that's going in. There we are. Yeah. Oh. I will send that to you. And that was another edition of Tom's Journal. Hey, what would be amazing? The Terminator, but the Terminator is a Muppet. That would be yeah. incredible. Yes, you got to keep one actor. Though. I know, I just... Ugh. Yeah, so... <laughs> so, Sarah Connor? <laughs> Everything's made better with Muppets. Everything's made better with Muppets. <laughs> Everything. Nothing could top it. So, you know. That's amazing. But I do feel that it's time to bring in that piece. Oh, yes, definitely. Welcome to the Chronicles of Sam Chaplin. Sam is a podcaster of the Cinema Swirl podcast. Excuse me. He's also a musician, a stand-up comedian. He's just a generally all-round lovely human, and he does a really good advert for Ballycastle. <laughs> this episode isn't sponsored by Ballycastle, but it should be. It should no. be, yeah. Sam is one half of the Cinema Swirl podcast, like Tom just said. I have been listening to Cinema Swirl since episode one. I'm a huge fan of Sam's podcast co-host, Kevin Mann. He is a host of the Attitude Era podcast. And that is how I discovered Cinema Swirl through him. And I absolutely love this show. It is a fantastic spin on the movie genre. And it's just wonderful. The basic line is Sam hasn't seen any of them films. So Kevin makes him watch them and they talk about them. But they've got so many little added bits they throw in, talking about Pepsi, Tiffin, mailbags, you name it. It is just absolutely incredible. I could not recommend this podcast enough. I'm not going to say turn ours off and go listen to it, but subscribe to it so you can listen to them later because, you know, don't turn us off. But, yeah, it is. I can't recommend this podcast enough. And I've wanted to talk to Sam on here for quite a while. Finally reached out, and I'm so glad we did because this conversation is incredible. It is great. This is a great interview. So you're all – I'm not going to add on to what Jamie said because I don't need to. He's just absolutely nailed it and smashed it out of the park for you. This is a very Jamie interview slash episode. So, uh, Jamie. Yes, sir. 
Do you have any final words, even though you just said a lot of words at all? <laughs> no, just a massive thank you to Sam. Really appreciate you coming on to this. Guys, you can enjoy this. Pour yourself a glass of Ballycastle and enjoy. Or Pepsi. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's just great having you on and, you know, you're taking your time out, even with all the internet issues. Uh, it was still a really, really good laugh. Guys, you're going to enjoy this one. Trust me. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's Sam Chaplin now. Um, I, I've resorted to uh, to drinking. I hope that's okay. Um, just, I can't say, dude. Just to get through, uh, not not talking to you, but just just the stress of um, of dealing no, good. with with internet. Uh, you know, to, to hell with consider this a safe space. Sorry. Consider this a place where you can come and you can you can bear as much as you like. You can swear as much as you like, as long as okay. there's no Heil Hitlers or you know. I love Kat Von D or anything like that. Uh, yep. We're pretty, we're pretty good. So <laughs> I think those things are on an even keel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They were. I could, my brain was like, I can't think of a second thing. Shit. Uh, <laughs> what was the first... problematic? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could have been uh... the Tories or Syria or you know the war in Iraq or anything no. like that. But no, no, it just had to be Nazi and then Nazi related. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll... <laughs> I'll try and keep things as uh, uncontentious as possible. I appreciate um, that massively. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, oh, oh, right. Okay. I think. I think we're all good. It seems good, doesn't it? it? Seems like it's it's working now. Yeah. Uh, that's my on. my dog downstairs barking, which is uh, fantastic. Um, Don't worry about calm this time of night. But fuck it. At this point, I'm just going to let <laughs> things happen how they happen. We, we've had fine. dogs come into the in, into the conversation. We've had a cat's arsehole in the background when we're talking yeah. to this <laughs> before. It's, okay. it's all happened. That's not too right. bad. All right. Basically, basically, what we do, we'll get this under wraps. I just do a little intro, introducing you to the to the, to the people, and then we just sure. bombard the living hell out of your questions. Yes, please. Sounds, Sounds good, good to me. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. All right, let's get this going. Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you another wonderful guest. Today's guest is a musician, stand-up comic, and a podcaster. A man with an unhealthy love for Pepsi. A man who hasn't seen any of them films. And to do an opening rhyme like his co-host, oh my God, I can't believe this happening. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Cinema Swirl, it's only Sam Chaplin. Hey, hey, thank you so much for having me. That was a, a fantastic rhyme. It's, uh, it's a pleasure it, to be here, guys. It wasn't quite on par with one of Kevin's, but I tried. I think it was arguably better than... Uh, yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> shots fired! Shots fired! That's all I can say. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be firing shots this early doors, but... Uh, oh, um, it's fine. This is the, the scoop you're getting on the podcast. Um, the, <laughs> you heard it here first. Good. His, his rhymes are great. I much appreciate his rhymes. He's, he's a good one. Um, They're great. But Sam, for the question I like to ask every single one of our guests... Sure. Uh, that we have on the show is, you know, the hard, the real hard hitting shit is how was Dumb and Dumber 2? No, I'm joking. Um, truth, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I didn't even want to touch it. No, thank it, you. That's fine. I mean, th th I've got some shit related to it later, but, you know, I feel okay. like, you know, in, like, in the cruxy, cruxy area of the interview, <laughs> you know, when the people are fully involved, they're like, this is real. I'm really enjoying this. And then when you actually get to the decent shit, people go, oh, anyway. Yep. Um, Seriously though, how was your pandemic season? Um, I mean, for, for, 
kind of fine, I think, for for me. Um, and and that I've, I've been very fortunate in that regard. That um, for my work, my my day job, as well as the podcast, um, things were able to just continue as normal. Um, I mean, obviously, the pandemic was a uh, a massive, uh, you know, big disaster. <laughs> international shared trauma um and I don't, I don't know if we've all like fully processed it yet i sometimes forget that it happened and think back yeah I, not not saying that the pandemic is over i'm not being i'm not sort of joe bidening this whole thing and being like, it's done, guys. um and i realize you told me earlier on not to say anything contentious yeah 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 <laughs> it's all good it's all good that's fine i'm not saying um you know it's over but i mean you know the, the lockdowns are as you know i think they're done um, and if you think back to those early days of it, it was absolutely mad. Um, I don't know if we're all kind of fully, you know, um, we, we're done processing yet. But all of that to say, yeah, it was all right f- for me. Really, things <laughs> kind of ticked along, and I, I drank quite a bit of gin in the of an evening. That became my little hobby. Um, got into that. So yeah, I, I've been okay. Yeah. Um, how were you guys? Were you, were you all right in the pandemic? I was. I started a new job, so I, I was all right. There you go. Keep cracking on, don't you? It's, yeah. I think yeah. you're absolutely right, though. What you say about processing it, I think one day we're just going to sit there and go, "Shit, that happened. That was real." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's um, it's massive, but we've all kind of muddled through it, um, without really properly having a big old think about it, which I think is coming. I think there's going to be like a kind of cultural moment where everyone starts to kind of fully deal with what what just happened but for now uh yeah fine I'm all right yeah good that's why it's it i mean i moved to a different country during Whoa. it so you know, <laughs> i'm now in wales so i just was like yeah do you know what i'm sick of england shut all i mean that's, uh, that's a solid know. move there um yeah i i don't blame you for, for getting out um yeah so what similarly, I have a question I like to ask every single guest we have on the show. Is it take us back? Let's learn a bit more about about you. What did young Master Chaplin want to be when he grew up? What were those <laughs> early desires? Um, oh, see, okay, I mean, I know like the initial. I was going to say initial gut reaction, but like, as a very little child, I wanted to be a train driver. But I think many children want to be that because they've watched Thomas the Tank Engine. They've seen some trains. And they think, how can I spin this off into a career? Yeah. Um, so I thought, <laughs> so as, a, as a clear, honest first memory of knowing an answer to that, I think I wanted to be a train driver. But um, beyond that, I've always been a little bit kind of um, unsure of myself in that regard. Um, but I, I think I, I, I got the sense that I wanted to be vaguely creative from a young age. Um, my older brother is very academic, very scientific. He is now a, uh, a doctor of robotics or something like that, um, which yeah, yeah, wow. that puts a lot of pressure <laughs> on me and the family. <laughs> With my older brother, Doctor Chaplin, which was a weird first name to give a child. Blah blah blah. That's a little <laughs> bit of that I'm, sne- I'm sneaking it in. I'm sneaking it in. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so, in response to that, um, I I think I just fell into like you know trying to do a bit of music um a bit of art i was never very good at any of those things but i I would sort of sing into tape recorders and play it back always quite privately i wasn't like a sort of uh, showy off 
child. Um, I think that for some reason that was drilled into me. That wasn't great. Um, it probably should have been told that it was fine. Um, how deep do we want to get? <laughs> guys? Keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. But um, yeah, I think just a, a vague sense of like, I want to do something uh, creative, arty in that sort of uh, field. Um, I did a bit of skateboarding when I was younger. So I think for a while I wanted to be a skateboarder. Uh, I, I probably wanted to be in like Jackass or CKY or something as well when I was a little bit older. Um, but yeah, I, I still don't really know the answer to that question, by the way. I think there's just been yeah. certain things that have kind of stuck and work for now. Um, I still, you know, I'm not sure what I want to be when I when I grow up. <laughs> but um, no, we'll, I get we'll see what happens. I get it. I'm 36 and I have no idea what I want to do for a career. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> there's a lot of pressure to like, know that and make decisions yeah. throughout your childhood um that are influenced by where you're going to go career-wise um and i think I, I so i kind of made some of those decisions at like college i did like one or two lessons of like business at a level and i just got in there and i was like oh god i i don't like this at all i don't i don't want to do this um and again i think this is like a very fortunate position of being able to think no i want to do what i want to do um, I, I don't know if that comes from a place of like thinking it would be fine, but I then went on to do photography uh, instead of business and, and loved that so much and learned so much. Um, but yeah, I think that there's, there's so much pressure to like decide what you're going to do at various stages. Uh, I don't know if that's like fully healthy, um, but I, nope. yeah, I've never, I've never really figured it out, um, but I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm, I'm happy for now. So good. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. Teachers yeah. are literally like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I don't know. You've got to wait till you're 16. You've got to make a decision quick. Oh, yeah. fuck. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and just the whole thing of like education shouldn't be necessarily about career, but it really, and, and especially now given how much it uh, fucking costs, like it, it feels like it's for a lot of people, it kind of has to be. Um, it's, the, it's a shame that you can't just learn things because it's, there's some value in learning those things, not necessarily because there's value in a career from that thing afterwards. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Get it. yeah. I've taken a kind of weird uh, political view on this question about <laughs> what, like, yeah. what to be. When you grow up. Like, um, education should be for education's sake, um, but yeah, I want to be a train driver. In answer to your question, <laughs> I love most kids to be fair though. You're right though. Is a train driver or an astronaut or maybe yeah. a cowboy? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I or a Stegosaurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, or the Red Ranger. <laughs> So as I said in my intro, you're also you know for doing music. You do all the music for cinema swell, you do the music for how to wrestling as well. Mm-hmm. What, what what made you want to learn to play music for, from and from what age did you decide to learn? Was it that desire to be creative, like you just said? Yeah, I think so. Um and also like very bluntly, like playing guitar seemed cool. <laughs> I think <laughs> at an age when I was like, I guess uh, I can't remember when I even started. Maybe like eleven or twelve. Um, I asked for a guitar for Christmas or a birthday or something, and then just struggled to learn to play it and got frustrated and kind of left it for a bit. But that, but kind of worked at it. Um, I think that was because I was you know listening to around then sort of. Uh, pop punk bands and new metal bands of that era and just kind of oh I want to do that I want to be like that I want to play those songs um 
so it kind of came from that really and it was like a, a cool thing to learn to play guitar and i thought that would help me you know fit in um it didn't quite pan out exactly as, as i hoped in terms of the fitting in necessarily but you know i i, I kind of got some some musical knowledge out of it in in a kind of rudimentary way i think with um with learning things i tend to get to the point where i can um make stuff for myself and enjoy making things and then don't bother to pursue it further into like actual artistry and skill just to kind of get to the point where i can like i i, I sort of think of it like painting if i can get to the point where i can draw a picture and you can tell that it's a house then I know how to paint. It doesn't have to necessarily photorealistically look like a house. But if you apply that to guitar somehow, I can play you a house, I think is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> play you a picture of a house. Um, <laughs> I bet you could see you getting lost in your own metaphor. And yeah, that was it beautiful. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, I never tried poetry um, for, for good reason. Uh, but yeah, I, you know. Um, which is why maybe some of the like the, the kind of jingly things are, are perfect because they're sort of short, almost like nursery rhyme type um, primary color music that just kind of uh, trying to create like hooks and kind of little catchy melodies and stuff. I, I, I've sort of become okay at doing that, um, but I couldn't, you know, do a fancy uh, tapping solo. I'm, I'm doing this <laughs> just to kind of suggest. You know all that. I can't. I can't do that. And I've I've just got to the point where I think it, that's never going to happen for me. And sometimes, sometimes, well, should I say this? Sometimes I see. You know the, the you know the tapping guitar, especially yeah. on the acoustic yeah. guitar. It's very impressive. There's a lot of skill involved. I do sort of think get a piano if you want. If you want to be doing the tappy tappy, just just get a. <laughs> But it's like, it's very it's good it's very good it's very good. Um, anyway, I can't, I can't. I'm just jealous. I can't do any of that stuff. Um, but yeah, it was like a desire to you know play the kind of music I was listening to at the time. Which thankfully, um, some of the pop punk stuff, although not all of it, like a, a lot of it is very complex. Um, I was really into Blink One Eight Two, and some of uh, Tom DeLonge's guitar stuff is deceptively uh, challenging sometimes uh, beyond the kind of you know, you just think, oh, it's just power chord stuff, but it, yeah, it's quite fiddly. Um, it was just wanting to play that stuff and to be cool, like the uh, like the rock stars on Kerrang and Scars and MTV too. Um, and then I kind of got into recording and trying to make songs and things like that from there. Have you ever like been in a band and you ever pursued it in that <laughs> way, or just no? Uh, yes, I have um, a few times throughout sort of school and kind of early college. Um, but I don't want to, uh, I'm worried some like MySpace trace of some of these bands <laughs> might exist out there. So I don't want to name anything or say anything that could, um, that could lead those to being fat. None of them ever came to anything, um, or were particularly good. I, I, I can say one name, I think that, um, of a band I was in very briefly, um, that we came up with and we thought it was the fucking coolest name. Um, that band was called Deafening Silence which, uh, you oh. know, yeah, yeah. We thought that was the coolest fucking thing in the world. Because um, how can silence, oh, God. Um, it, we were so pleased with that. Um, and we never played any gigs or really made any songs, but we were, we were pleased with the name. Um, so yeah, no, I've, I've been in bands, but they were just like little kind of 
you know, uh, school things in the music room after hours and stuff like that. Uh, played a few gigs here and there, but nothing, uh, nothing significant really. Uh, but that was something like I kind of wanted to do, but never really found something that kind of clicked. Never too late, Sam. It's never too late. No, well, exactly. Uh, any bass players and drummers out there? <laughs> Get it. But you say about writing the jingles and stuff like that if you do for the hmm. show, and they are great. They are so, like, every Thank time you. I listen to How to Wrestling and Cinema, I'm singing along and humming along, just cycling down the road, going to work, listen to them. <laughs> do, 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 do. You know, that's what you want from a jingle. It's perfect. Yeah, well, th- thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, sometimes people say they use it as like a um, the Cinema Swirl one. They've, they've used it as an alarm tone. And I think to get to that level in someone's brain um, is quite a, a, an honour, really. Um, you know, to be that thing that you hear every morning and that gets in your head that way. Um, yeah, I just it, I think I've got a little knack for that kind of music, especially just those little kind of... Um, earwormy, plinky-plonky bits and bobs. Uh, I'm happy with those. And, uh, you know, people people seem to like them. So, yeah, yeah. it's worked out all right. So you've also dabbled in the world of stand-up comedy. I, I watched a few videos yes. of yours on YouTube uh, earlier yeah. on today. I especially loved the escape room joke you've got on your Twitter at the moment. That is Thank just you. superb. I, I'm proud of that. <laughs> I'm not proud of some of the YouTube videos that are uh, online. Hey, um, you, you having a, hat, a head that's too big for hats is brilliant. <laughs> I so those those chortle student stand up videos. Um, I've got a real beef with those, uh, and I think quite a few comedians do. Um, are, are you aware of that competition in any kind of? Uh, yeah, my brother was in it back in two thousand eight, yeah. I think. So th- those student comedians, you know, at that point when you're a young comedian, you want to do any gig that's going, and that. that competition has some prestige to it and it's kind of a big deal and you get to do big gigs in kind of student rooms um they make you sign a little thing that says this video will be on the internet forever and you can never take it down is that okay and you just kind of go oh yeah that's fine can i go and do the gig please not thinking about the fact that you're so early in your stand-up career and that's gonna haunt you forever i mean my, my ones aren't awful but i don't i don't want to watch them back um, but I can't. I can't get rid of them. I can't get Steve Bennett from Chortle to, uh, to to take them down, whether I wanted to or not. Um, sorry, that that just fell into a kind of weird rant about Chortle and their their policy, <laughs> getting these student comedians locked into this video thing. I think it's because obviously, if those people then go on to become famous, Chortle's mm. got video evidence of like the early part of their career, and that's obviously a big deal. So I get it, but it does seem a little bit like you know, come on, they're oh, weird. Man. Um, sort of image then of when you signed it, he turned to the devil really quickly. It's like, thank God. You're mine now. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh. <laughs> I had those just fell out. Um, I'm back. <laughs> so I've, I've always said, like, it must take a huge pair of balls to do stand-up comedy. Stand in a room full of people and tell jokes and try and make them laugh. What made you want to try and do it in the first place? Um... Oh God! Well, so I sort of agree with that, and I sort of don't agree with that. It's a really strange thing. Uh, my balls are sort of regular size, um, sort of statistically like average. Uh, I mean, all, all the, <laughs> the whole way through. Um, but I think that, I mean, there's some argument about comedians, you know, having certain like 
issues, I guess, or like mental health issues, or there being some degree of like, you have to have something wrong with you to want to do this. And I do kind of get that. I think like for most well-adjusted people, the idea of doing stand-up is a scary thing and it should be, and it makes sense for it to be scary. Like it is scary, like to go on stage and try and get a room full of people to laugh at what you're saying is frightening. Um, so I think you have to be in a position where for some reason that doesn't bother you in some way, um, mm. but also well-adjusted enough to deal with the consequences of that because like good gigs can feel amazing and then you kind of feel empty afterwards and bad gigs can feel soul-crushingly awful. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure if I've answered your question at all. What made me want to do that? Um, <laughs> I loved comedy. I loved stand-up um, from an early age. Like I remember... I guess like sort of Billy Connolly, uh, like French and Saunders, Lenny Henry, Victoria Wood stuff. Like that's like the earliest sort of comedy things I kind of remember um, in terms of like stand up. And then like Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson and Bottom mm. and things like that. And just my, my my tiny mind being fucking blown by that. Um, it, it was like a superpower, especially like Rick Mail to like entertain in that way um, was incredible. And then as I got a little bit older, there was that kind of golden age of UK sitcoms. Well, a, a certain, to me, what feels like a golden age of sitcoms in like the late 90s, early 2000s. So like Spaced and The Office and maybe a little bit later, like Mighty Boosh. And then like, you know, your kind of Father Ted's and Black Books and things like that were kind of around then. That kind of group of sitcoms um, were, you know, were like hugely influential Um and like things like, you know, The Simpsons just made you appreciate humor and comedy. And that that's kind of a given. Um, so it was something I'd always like loved, um, I guess, as a, as a kid. There's that typical thing of like using a sense of humor um, as a kind of defense thing or to kind of help you out in awkward situations. Um, and it would be it was something I just kind of always thought about trying. And when I got to about I think I was 19 when I first did it um, and it was fucking terrifying and I remember my first gig was at a pub called the Canal House in Nottingham um, and I sort of stood there like this just kind of go rocking back and <laughs> forth I don't know I, I wasn't aware that it was happening but the whole time I was just like a like one of those weeble things just kind of doing this <laughs> And just doing these little um, one line, I was really into like one liner jokes at that point. So I just did jokey jokes um, for the whole set. And people laughed at some of them and it went okay. And I think that was enough to kind of make me think, holy shit, I need to like keep doing this a bit more. Like this, there's something special here. It took me a long time to find like a consistent comedic voice, but um just to get a taste of it i think it's it's hard to i mean i'm making it sound like a, a dangerous thing to taste but like as soon as i kind of got a bit of that i realized i i kind of want to do this more um and so i i don't know I, i'm answering these questions in, in such a long rambly way but we I'm, like the rambling okay um so like going to university um kind of around that time um i joined up to the comedy society at, mm. at Lincoln University, 
um, and they were running gigs all the time and kind of having little get togethers where people would practice their sets in front of each other and play some improv games and things like that. Some things that I, kind of, I was a bit sort of averse to and wasn't familiar with and d didn't fully get on with, but being around like like-minded people who were also into doing it and also loved comedy, um, this lovely community of people um, kind of emboldened me more to do it quite a lot at, at uni. Um, so I guess that's what sort of got me into it. Uh, at first, just kind of wanting to do it and wanted to try it. And then beyond that, wanting to be around people who would, who all wanted to do it, we could kind of go out and, and do it together, I guess, is is what happened. It's, sorry, Jamie. No, no, Carol. It's one of those things like though, because how do you, I guess it's like music and stuff like that as well. It's like how, like when a joke's like done, do you know what I mean? There's so many comedians out there with they've got so many like personas and styles yep. and ways of telling jokes and stuff like that. Like, is there no, I'm, I'm trying, how do I word this properly? Like, like, how did you find like your, is it like a character in a way? Like, how did you find your like style is what I'm telling you, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. I mean, so I, I feel similarly to how I felt about the, what do you want to be when you grow up question? Like, oh. it's, <laughs> I, think it's, it's, I, I guess for like, for, for me and, and for some comedians way beyond where I got to, it's still an ongoing thing. Um, but I, I guess it's just through, through doing it enough um, to enough audiences and eventually something kind of clicks and it just kind of starts to feel more natural. Um, I kind of remember a distinct point where it just kind of clicked into gear and it just felt really fun. It wasn't terrifying anymore. It was just kind of, I was being, uh, I was doing what I wanted to do. Um, and that kind of affected in its own way, the, the kind of persona and the voice. Um, but you, you said something about like, when is a joke done? Um, so I, I had like a big break from not, not Jim Davidson. I had like a big break from <laughs> probably a good job, from, really <laughs> from stand up. Like, um, I stopped, I, I can't remember how long, many years ago it was like seven or eight years ago. I just kind of stopped doing it and then came back to it a little bit, um, at the end of last year and a bit of this year. Um, and I revisited some of my old set lists and jokes and things. Um, and in listening to them back, you know, me saying them when I was younger, it, I was almost stealing them from myself and doing them better. Like it, it was like, oh, this young kid has got some interesting jokes, but if you just put that emphasis there and move that bit to the end, then that makes mm. so much more sense. And like, I was doing jokes that hadn't worked 10 years ago and just changing a little bit of emphasis and a tiny bit of wording and, and doing it in the kind of persona that I kind of have now. Um, I think podcasting as well has helped a lot with that in terms of like my voice just through talking in a way to an audience. I, I know the audience isn't like there, but like doing that consistently has really helped. Um, so I was able to kind of rescue some jokes that seemed doomed, but just needed a little bit of, um, you know, elbow grease and polishing to kind of get to work. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I found my comedic voice yet, but it it just kind of, I guess, develops through loads and loads of practice it's, it's an instrument that you can only learn by doing it in front of people which is a real uh terrifying thing i've nicked that off someone but it it, it, it really resonated with me that, that phrase. it's right what you're saying about podcasting helping with things like that because hmm. before i started podcasting i was such a quiet shy timid guy and now from doing this for three years you can't get me to shut up i'll talk to anyone about everything <laughs> it's 
it's weird how just talking into a microphone really brings you out of your shell. It's very odd. Yeah, yeah. It's it's practice, isn't it? It's just a lot of it, it's communication stuff. It's it's helped me with like work things, you know, like boring office stuff. Um, just through getting that experience of communicating in that way. Um, so yeah, I think that that ended up helping my stand up recently when I came back to it. Um, I think my voice had kind of developed slowly through just podcasting and mucking around and not doing material, but just chatting. I get what you're saying as well, because like, if you watch that clip that's on your Twitter, the escape rooms joke, Mm. which again is incredible. (laughs) And you compare that to the chortle stuff that's on YouTube. Yeah. How there's a lot more confidence in that man that's talking on that one. The body language and everything, you're a lot more. Yeah. 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 I was, and I was having a lot more fun, um, at that gig, I think. Not that I wasn't having fun when I was younger, but like, you're right. There was there was there was nerves, and there was a kind of, um, you know, I was not quite there. And I was young, and it was like years ago. So you know, to go from there to there, you can see that there's been progression, which is nice to see. Like, th- there's a marked difference between there and there. Um, and I haven't done any gigs since that um, that gig that that um, escape rooms video was from. I think because that gig was really nice, I really enjoyed it, and I just thought. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> spoil this, um, but yeah, with with stand up, I, I I loved it, um, but I never really like fully committed to the same level that I think you kind of have to. Um, mm. A lot of the people I was kind of coming up with and doing gigs with, um, that was their that was their thing, and they needed it, and it was so important, and it was important to me, but I I didn't quite treat it with enough reverence to throw my whole life into it and just you know go up and down the country constantly playing to little rooms above pubs like it's 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 hard work and there are people who've put in the graft um and I didn't put in quite as much graft as I probably should have done as a young comedian but I kind of didn't know any better and I think now I'm kind of at a point where I don't have the kind of (laughs) the, the time and the energy to fully commit to doing it again in that way um but it's fun to kind of come back to um but also i don't want to kind of take up space from people who uh you know need need that stage time you know you know what i'm saying like it's it's such a it's such a crowded field like it's so brutal and competitive and there's so many incredibly talented people who are um not getting the kind of exposure that they deserve um and it's in some ways, look at the draw. In some ways, it's there's so many other factors. There's some regional things going on, you know, in terms of um, who gets seen and who doesn't get seen. Um, oh, I'm going into just talking about stand up now, but yeah, it's um, I, I didn't put enough into it, uh, so I kind of ended up slowing down and stopping. Um, but but I loved it when I was doing it, and, I, and coming back to it was really nice. It was kind of like a little homecoming feeling. But I, I don't want to spoil it and have <laughs> any bad gigs that will destroy my brain and my soul. So uh, I, who, who knows? I might I might come back into it, but I'm all right for now. Okay, because my next question was going to be then: Do you feel like the way the world the way the world is at the moment, cancel culture, yeah. shall we say, is sure. really having a massive effect on comedy at the moment? Like, oh, you can't well, you can't talk about that now. We can't say this now. Has that has it made it even harder? Um, I mean, I haven't noticed any of that stuff. Like for me personally, I, I, there are comedians who will talk about that and have issue with that. I think, um, I guess culturally things have changed over, 
over time. And this, you know, if you go back and you watch stand up from, you know, the seventies or the eighties, you think, holy shit, how was any of that all right for that person to say, yeah. but it was kind of over time. Um, so to not anticipate that change and adapt to it seems a bit short-sighted and to kind of blame, well, I don't know, but like blame your lack of being able to adapt to that on like cancel culture is policing everything. We can't say anything. Um, doesn't sit well with me, but I, I, you know, I can't, I kind of see some of it and there is some aspects of maybe noticing people, um, censoring themselves a bit, but not in any way that I think it's affecting comedy in the way that it, it is being made out to. Um, and certainly for me with my kind of lighthearted bullshit, it's, it's, it's never, <laughs> never been an issue or something I've had to worry about. I'm not really, uh, pushing any boundaries or challenging anything. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's not, uh, it's not troubled, uh, my door. Um, Good. and I think sometimes it's a, a little bit of a kind of excuse sometimes maybe I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with saying that. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I, th- I think we're, I think we're all right. I think some of the things that people are scared about saying, there's a reason why you don't want to say it anymore because things have changed and sensitivities have changed and that's, that's okay. And I think, I, I, oh, I think there is some like challenging stuff out there and it's, it's okay. And you can say it, but you have to like back it up and have reasons for saying it and have something funny coming out of it. Um, like the quality has got to be there. If you want to do something perceived as dangerous, it had better be funny and you better have a reason for saying it. If you're just saying something controversial to be like, fuck you, I'm shocking you. What's, what's that for? I mean, there is a, there, yeah. there's a, there is a significant audience now for that. Um, there's definitely people out there who want that sort of thing. Um, but is that really progressing things and pushing things forward? Or are you just kind of clinging on to something from the past sometimes, I guess? Uh, mm. Yeah, but I'm not, I, I'm not an expert. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. Just, just to also put your mind at ease, like we can edit. So things you want to say then afterwards go, can you edit that out? We will do for oh, okay. you. Cool. All right. So yeah. don't, don't stress. It's not, this right. is what, that's it. You've said it now. It's going to be out there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of hesitance, hesitancy to some things I'm saying, but I think I, you know, I stand by what I've said so far. Um, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Forward, in case there's something I need to like go, guys, we need to take, yeah, take yeah. that out. That's not okay for me to say. Um, if that does happen, you will know because my face will change and I will beg you to please take it out of the recording. Yeah, it's fine. We will. Don't worry. But, but keep me saying that. In. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so maybe we should talk all about your wonderful podcast. As I said earlier, oh. I've, I've been listening to this show since episode one, where I couldn't quite wrap my mind around the idea of a man never seen Star Wars, quite honestly. <laughs> um, yes. First off, how did you and Kevin meet in the first place? So um, the the comedy society at Lincoln University that I mentioned, um, that was how we met. So in, I think my third year of university or my second year of being in the comedy society anyway, um, Kevin came over to do, start a PhD, I think. Um, and he joined the comedy society and he was new. And instantly um, everyone in the room kind of noticed this uh exciting presence i think he was a very um very charismatic person a very loud person 
Um, I, I've said, spoken about this before. I mistook his accent for Canadian um, when I... When I've, look, right. Okay, here's the thing. And we, we talked about things we might need to edit out. But I think there's a... And I was at the University of Lincoln. And there are some... I've got a reputation as being this English guy who doesn't know anything about stuff. But I hadn't necessarily, and I think people I was there with, hadn't necessarily been exposed to that many Irish accents at the time. And also, I think Kevin's accent does have certain North American elements to it, or the way he speaks anyway. Um, or that some of <laughs> I'm getting these looks. <laughs> I'm just trying to think now. <laughs> Okay, so I'm trying to justify what was a massive mistake, but for for about five <laughs> minutes, I thought, oh, this Canadian guy is pretty fucking cool. Um, he is, of course, Irish, and I am a, a, a fool. But um, he came in, and it, it, immediately everyone gravitated towards him, um, and rightly so. Like he's such a, um, a, a an interesting figure, like a charismatic person, um, and I was kind of drawn to him and. Uh, and through being in the comedy society, we got to know each other. We got chatting about things. We went out. We went for drinks and stuff. Um, we watched some movies and some TV together. Um, and we did stand-up together. Um, and we kind of talked about comedy and shared, uh, you know, comedians that we liked, shows that we liked, passed, like, DVDs back and forth. Um, and it just kind of grew from there, really, into, like, a proper, solid friendship um, and I, I guess in watching movies together or talking about movies, it kind of came up organically that I hadn't seen loads of stuff. And it was just a kind of running joke that he was so shocked that I hadn't seen like Star Wars or Jaws or fucking Terminator 2 or Ghost. I, when, when I think about the list of fucking films, it, it, it was ridiculous. Um, and so that was already like a little kind of talking point for us. But th that's how we met. We met through the Comedy Society and through stand-up. I think, um, you know, the, the people who I'm still in touch with and are still my friends and I still love hanging out with from uni, none of them were on my course. They were all, like, people I met either through the Comedy Society or, like, associated with it or through doing stand-up. Um, so Kevin was one of those, and we just formed this kind of uh, really strong, fast friendship through kind of exchanging cultural ideas and comedy ideas and uh, and things that we liked with each other i love it it's it's such a great and unique twist on movie podcasts because let's be honest there's six billion gajillion movie podcasts out there in the world yeah so but whose idea was it to go this is this great conversation we have where i rib you for not seeing any movies today let's make this a podcast whose idea was that <laughs> so i i think i think it was me um in so much as, I, I'm not taking full credit for it, but I will explain what I mean by that. Like, it was this established thing, like, Sam hasn't seen any of these films, right? And that's weird. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, Kevin started the Attitude Era podcast, a wrestling podcast, became very successful. Um, and I was a little jealous baby. And <laughs> wanted to, I want to do my own podcast. Um and I knew that me and Kevin had this um, chemistry and this like rapport with each other. And um, I thought that would translate really well. And in trying to think of like a, a gimmick for the podcast, um, I, I think this probably came up mutually, but that, that kind of came up straight away as something we could do. And in a world where like, even at that time, 
podcasting was becoming a bit crowded and the sort of days of podcast being just some folks having a chat um, was kind of over and you had to have like a kind of something to kind of, you know, a format to, to work around. Um, it felt like it was, it was perfect. Um, I, I remember kind of just almost like pitching him. I did a little word document of just, okay. So I talk about, <laughs> I, we talk about the film at the start and what I think it is. Then we watch it. And then we talk about it afterwards. Um, just as like a formal, like, here's what the podcast could be. Um, and we sort of banded around some names. Um, and uh, it, what, it was so close to being called, I've not seen any of them films or something like that. Or somehow, <laughs> I've not, not, I think it was like not seen those films, mate, or something like It could have been that. Um, and Kevin came up with Cinema Swirl. Which to this day, people don't realize the very silly pun on cinnamon swells, the, the pastry. Um, that's, <laughs> I don't know if, 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 if anything's just clicked there. It, I've <laughs> never thought of that yeah. before. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, it's not a pun that makes any sense to be a pun in context, but it not is, really. um, no, it's, it's a, a cinnamon pun and it was <laughs> cinema swell that we settled on. And he said that, and I thought it was brilliant, and we went with that. And uh, Joe did some wonderful artwork, some little cartoons of us, and uh, yeah, we tried it, and um, I think it it worked. Although you know, those early episodes, I sound completely different to how I sound now in terms of my voice. Like my, it, in terms of like comedy voice, I've developed in terms of like podcast voice, I've definitely kind of. Mm. softened and f- found how I actually sound when I'm talking on a, on a microphone in those early episodes. I'm sort of, uh, Oh, Hey guys, we're, uh, today we're doing it. Oh, I've not seen, uh, uh, guys, uh, you know, like a re- a re- I don't know why I was doing such a deep voice. I think it was a, a thing I used to do as a kid, like before my voice had broken to try and sound cool. I don't, I don't know. And I, I was carrying that forward cause I was so nervous <laughs> about doing a podcast, even though I'd been, eager to do it and kind of hyping it up. And I'd done some little podcast things before, but um, yeah, that's how the kind of idea came about. It was a combination of something that we'd already kind of talked about and laughed about and made sense. And also me being a bit <laughs> jealous and kind of strong arming Kevin into doing a podcast with me because I, I wanted to do my own one. Um, and I'm, I'm very glad that we did it and that we're doing it because um, it's, it's, a, it's a real, real fun thing to do. So I, I can relate to Kevin in one way because I also have a, a a co-host who has barely seen oh. any films. I'm not dropping you in it. <laughs> but like, what reason did you say to me before, Tom, as to why you've not really watched many films? I can't remember what you said now. Until... My attention span is terrible. Okay. So like TV, TV series. The thing is, though, Sam, is like, I watched films, but I loved films so much, the same ones over and over again, because I loved them so much. Like Ace Ventura, yeah, yeah. Detective, I watched religiously. Sure. Because I just absolutely adored it. So I never actually, I never branched out. I was like, well, I know what I like, so I'll stick to what I like. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I completely get it. And you're speaking my language, especially with the uh, attention span thing and the television. Like, <laughs> But I, I can watch like you know 24 episodes of lost over the course of like a week but to watch like an hour and a half movie feels like a chore you know yeah like, no it really some, does <laughs> something about the episodic nature of television is I, I i have more fun consuming that than i do movies um i i don't know it's 
yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky one, but it's I I don't know if I can explain it. I was worried when we started it that the two possibilities were like I've just somehow missed out on all this stuff, or I've seen all this stuff and I have repressed the memories <laughs> for, for some reason, <laughs> which is a more sinister like you know law background law to the to the to the podcast. But I think it's just like I just didn't see some stuff like my my dad isn't massively into um a lot of films um and i don't know if my mum is really that much uh, she loves uh, ghost the film ghost she loves ghost but i guess mums love ghost um but well i don't know uh, my, i say that like it's fucking peter k observational material <laughs> oh mums love ghost but I, I don't know i i just know that my mum loves ghosts and i think we can all figure out where that's come from yeah. but why is um, there a pottery all of a sudden where's this come from but it wasn't like a massive um, and also, I rather I've just jumped over, you know, you explaining your relationship with films and stuff, and just started talking about me. Um, but I'm going to sure. do it. Um, <laughs> it <wasn't... laughs> it's all about you, Sam. So that's going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, go for it. It wasn't a massive uh, cultural thing, I guess, in my household. My brother, again, to bring it back to Doctor Chaplin, he was very <laughs> into his. Um, pop culture stuff i guess he he liked you know ghostbusters and star wars and uh transformers he loved transformers he was into warhammer i know that's not a film but like it you know it kind of paints the picture that he he was you know into like and like teenage mutant ninja turtles that kind of stuff i think that was his bag and i kind of think that maybe as a kid being like four years younger than him wanting to kind of react against that perhaps was Mm. part of it and i didn't watch loads of films um, but when you, when you mentioned like seeing the same thing over and over again, I think I've seen Flubber loads of times. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I've seen Flubber a lot. Oh, <laughs> I think and, like the Lion King and like, yeah. you know, early Pixar stuff. I mean, I've seen, I've watched films, but I, I've kind of watched the same things over and over, but I don't, I also just would just want to watch like the Simpsons or even fucking Tom and Jerry, like before that, um, so uh, yeah, I don't know how I I missed out on all these films, but I I really did, and I think by the time there might have been some sort of uh, reckoning for me through like school or college, I was kind of getting into weirder films and art and TV stuff, and just kind of didn't want to watch the kind of mainstream blockbustery stuff. I I guess maybe I don't know some kind of level of pretension there that stopped me from doing it as a revisiting thing. So I kind of missed out on it on childhood and then kind of didn't want to come back to it later until an Irish man told me that I had to, <laughs> like, <laughs> years after that. Um, yeah, so I, I'm sorry for, for jumping in on that. But um, yeah, it's, I, I think people do tell me like they're, they're in the same position. Like it's, it's, not, it's not as uncommon as you think to not have seen like Star Wars. I think quite a lot of people haven't seen a lot of film. Yeah, well, exactly. I completely agree with you. It, it for me, it was when people start quoting things. I'm like, yeah, like where the hell's that come from? Like, what do you mean? Don't know what that is. Like, well, I have no idea. They go, well, some good fellas. Have you not seen that? Not Ray yeah. Liotta. Like, yeah, I have no the, idea what about. The, the attitude you get from it is not great, is it? The kind of reaction of like, no. how have you not done this? It doesn't. It doesn't include you and make you want to then do it. It's not like you don't tend to get. Oh, it's from this. Let's all. You know, go and watch it. It's more. Mm. How have you not seen that? Come on, <laughs> yeah. why have you not seen that? Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know how I missed out on as much as I did, but I think it's. Uh, 
it's a thing, you know. There's people who haven't seen films, and that's okay. It's all right. I support those people. <laughs> I've got to think that must have been part of the reason for the show having such huge success, though. Is that intrigue is like, how has this man not seen these films? T two, everyone's yeah, yeah, seen yeah. T two. You know, um, there was some, <laughs> there was some early speculation that it was like um, an act. And I was just sort of, you know, like there was about like Carl Pilkington back in the day that like, is this a, re- a real person who's doing this? Um, whether <laughs> I might have just been playing the part of someone who hadn't watched films, but I- I'm not that good of an actor um, to kind of keep up that sort of persona. It's it's a real thing. I've not seen them. There may, I, I wonder if there have been some that I've like watched and forgotten about entirely. That might be a possibility, but I don't think so. I think I usually like remember having seen films one of the things that kevin gets most upset about is if i say like i've seen bits of something <laughs> like i've seen like <laughs> have you seen this well i've seen like bits of it how have you seen bits of it but you haven't watched it um that i don't know how i've absorbed bits maybe like clip shows and things where they show like the best mm. best movie moments like some channel five thing that'll be on at like 11 o'clock at night <laughs> I've, like, may- maybe seen that but i yeah I- i've missed out on a lot um and there's still loads that I haven't seen. Like it, it still comes up that there's things that people are surprised by that I haven't yet watched. That's what I love. It's like there's so many films in this world, you're never going to run out of material. No, no. Um, I mean, I think now, having watched nearly like 100 movies for this podcast, um, it almost feels like I have more movie knowledge than most people now. Like I've, I've, I feel like I've you know, really done a kind of crash course on, on movies o- over the years. Um, but there's still like we did the the Princess Bride recently, yeah. And a lot of people were like, "What the? F- how have you not fucking seen that?" Like, it, there's still that kind of. I've never seen of... the Princess Bride. Well, there you go. So <laughs> you know, but some people get you know really het up about it, and it's it's not it's quite nice to still have that reaction all these years down the line when we pull something out. Like the, there are some, there's a couple of films that we're kind of holding back that I haven't seen. Um, like so et i haven't seen haven't seen et but we're kind of saving et and we're we're what like et feels fucking big like for me not yeah. to have seen um <laughs> i can't kind of, wait to see your reaction to et we're kind, of, we're kind of waiting to like figure out i even i know that like there's something to that that i've not seen et and we need to like hold on to some of these like massive ones so there's a couple of like ones we're kind of keeping in the back drawer um that's not a phrase keeping in the back drawer um but i it's now <laughs> it is now i'm coining it um but when i'm like watching if like i want to watch films like these days like i want to just sit down of an evening and watch a film and uh my, my girlfriend will want to watch stuff and she'll say have you seen that and i'll say no and she's like well we could watch that i say no, no well, hold on no let's slow down we i might not be allowed to watch it because <laughs> because Kevin, i know can I watch this film please? yeah yeah um <laughs> It's hard to kind of judge the cultural significance. So I, I, I've taken to watching films like that released after 2014 because we've got some eligibility rule on Cinema's World where like if it came out after Cinema's World started, it doesn't count. Although we might, we might have to revise that because it's now like nearly, it's eight years on from that. So uh, we may have to revise that rule. But for now, that's been my kind of thing. I've got to watch like reasonably recent films otherwise i feel like i i can't do it because it's cheating so I'm, I'm now actually holding myself back and not allowing myself to organically watch films and that's been the case in my life now for for eight years that i've 
had to had to think every time I watch a film, like, am I allowed to watch this? And which has led to more of that thing where I go back and just watch the things I already like over and over again, or just watch telly, um, or just watch like episodes of uh, Ninja Warrior UK or something like that. <laughs> nice. You know, which I mean, I'm not saying isn't telly, but like it's kind of below <laughs> drama television. Like, there's layers to it. There's like film, television, Ninja Warrior UK, but I love it. Like, <laughs> people falling in the water is my favorite genre of telly. Like that's that's the best thing. Like people run along a thing, they get knocked off, they fall in the water. That to me is gold. That's better than fucking Scarface or whatever, you know, people watch. <laughs> I cried at Ninja Warrior UK last week. I, I was fully in tears. And some films haven't done that to me. Uh, most films don't do that to me. But Ninja Warrior UK, I was in floods of tears. It was beautiful. Important moment. <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail. You have, to, you have to watch the current series of Ninja Warrior UK Road to Glory. Road okay. To Glory, something like that. I'm not doing tonight. Something like that. I'm so emotionally invested, I can't remember it's, the name. It's got a new subtitle. It's not just Ninja Warrior UK. It's something like Road Road to Glory, Path to Glory, Race Race for Glory. I think hey, is what it. it is. Yeah. I hope you don't mind tangents on this podcast, guys. Oh, it's nope. the best. I've got them. Um, yeah. So, but just I, going back to the Princess Bride really quickly. Like I only hmm. watched that very recently because it's my girlfriend's one of her favorite films. That well, she's got part of it tattooed on her. Um, right. So okay. you know, she's it's got Andre like, the Giant on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On her back. What's the no, tattoo she has, that she's got? As you wish. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, um, that's nice, isn't it? Lovely. But, but I was like, what? What? Again? What the hell is that? And she's like, oh, it's yeah. from this film. No, we're not saying that. But yeah, we obviously with Andre the Giant and whatnot. But I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, the part where he's floppy as hell near the end is one of the greatest, it's very funny scenes. Yeah, I've yeah. Ever, yeah, I've ever seen. It's like that is that is that it must have been so hard to do <laughs> and to perfect as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because then obviously he's in. Have you, you must have seen Hot Shots. No, no, because he's in Hot Shots as well. Hot Shots. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what Hot Shots is. I've not heard Charlie of Hot Sheen. Shots. It's a it's a spoof movie. It's Hot a piss shots. take of Top Gun with Charlie Sheen in it. Okay, right. I mean that sounds good. I have seen Top it Gun. It's great. I've seen Top. Gun. It, yeah, it's a, it's a piss takes, you know, it's spoof when spoof used to be really good. Yeah, yeah. Um because yeah. Hot Shots 2 is Rambo and Hot Shots 1 is Top Gun. <laughs> right. And right, they okay. are fucking excellent. Ooh. I can't stress to you enough. They're on Disney Plus, but they are from the 90s, so I don't know if that's allowed in any There's way. There's some bits that yeah, no, I, I, I'd go into it with a kind of um uh an open mind or a closed I don't know what the best approach Ooh, is. But like, yeah. You know, yeah. to kind of um I go into it with an awareness. Of the <laughs> cultural time it was released. Thank you. I figured out how to approach okay. that. I was about to say that I'd love to see like a spoofy swirl of like different spoof movies. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. that will go might go over your head if you've not seen the films <laughs> that they're spoof parodying. It wouldn't yeah, make yeah. any sense. <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, so like The Simpsons. I loved The Simpsons as a kid, oh. but like now going back and watching some episodes, having done cinema swirl. There's like jokes that as a kid, I was just going like, ha ha, that's weird. And now I'm like, oh, that was a fully a reference to that film and that moment <laughs> in that film. And I just did, I just thought they were just saying weird things or like a funny line. Um, yeah, there's loads of things that I've just thought were just bits of The Simpsons that didn't quite make full sense to me that when I go back now and catch up, I'm like, oh yeah, of course that's a reference to whatever. But um, so I guess with spoofs, I could probably be kind of 
pulled along by it and kind of, you know, get some of the references, miss other ones and just have a good time. I, I, I can't remember what it was recently that it might have been on Cinema Swill where we watch like bad stuff on, on Patreon. But there are certain films where you just let the kind of the vibes and the colours wash over you and you just get taken on that kind of journey. You know, when you just sort of stop concentrating and you just kind of experience it in a more visceral, um, you know, sensory way. Maybe I could do that with some stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm saying, but um, yeah, uh, I'd love to do a, a, spoof, a spoofy swirl. That'd be amazing. Uh, That'd be great. Yeah. That- that would be a but you, you obviously mentioned Cinema Swill, obviously, which is on your Patreon, yes, uh, which people can lovingly sign up to. But we'll get to all that in a bit. Uh, I mentioned Dumb and Dumber 2 at the beginning of the uh, of this interview uh, because obviously yes. your and Kevin's hatred for this movie. So I've asked this a few times to a few people. Like I, I feel that movie companies are bleeding franchises for the sake of ble- just for the sake of making a few, pe- you know, a few bucks as they call yeah, it yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah. So I never even dis- I never even breached Dumb and Dumber Two. I love the first one too much. They got and to make one like twenty odd years later, it's like, mm, no, I'm good. You know, oh, what's a movie idea we could have? Hmm, let's see. Why don't we bring back Jurassic Park but call it Jurassic World instead? Like, why? Like they <laughs> yeah. already and then it was kind of similar to Jurassic Park anyway. So it made no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Uh-oh. What I'm trying to get at, basically, Sam, yes. is do you think that companies are bleeding franchises way too much for the sake of making movies to make money? Uh, yes. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do. And I think the kind of, you know, the, the reboots and, uh, I guess, sequel and franchise mania is... I think I, I've read some things about why this is happening, and it to do, being to do with, like, financial risk. And you can't... If you release a new IP... It's riskier, so you have to try and find things that people already have a connection with, that have an inbuilt audience already. And so the easiest thing to do is to just remake something that people have already seen or do something associated with it. Um, And I get that from a kind of boring business perspective, but it's it's quite it's pretty sad. Um, It's as a reflection of like where Hollywood is. It's a shame. Um, and Dumb and Dumb Two. So you've not seen Dumb and Dumb Two. You've no, not touched it. Because... I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna bother, especially after your reactions earlier. Uh, <laughs> because, no, <laughs> because you've got such fond memories of Dumb and Dumber, right? And you don't want. Uh, yeah, to... and Jim Carrey's yeah. a massive hero of mine. I, I can't. I just can't. Yes. I can't do it. <laughs> and I'd probably say don't go on his Wikipedia page either. If, if he's like, don't don't scroll too far down on on Jim okay. Carrey wiki. Um, Look, I I love Jim Carrey as a kid. Like Liar Liar, I I was that was one of those ones I watched over and over again. The yeah. fucking outtakes at the end, the bit with the kind of origami that's crunching the paper, yes. like, the goose. It's fucking. <laughs> I love that so much. Like he's such a um, ball of energy as a performer. He's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, Dumb and Dumber Two. I think I feel like you should watch it. Um, only because it's fascinating how far they were able to sort of take it down. Like, it, it's just, it's so... No, don't watch it, actually, because it will spoil it for you. Um, it's just really sad, and it's really bad, and it's um, it's just grim, and they look old as well. I mean, they are old, but it looks old, and the jokes feel old. And yeah. it's just great. It's so grim. 
And also, like, it was funded by stolen Malaysian money or something. I still can't get to the bottom of what... Again, actually, Wikipedia Dumb and Dumber 2, you'll find (laughs) some interesting stuff about how that film was funded. Um, I think the rights or the ownership has reverted back to someone or somewhere. Um, It was funded using stolen Malaysian money, I think. Um, Malaysian government's money. Yeah, so weird. So fucking strange. There's so much weird stuff going on with that film. They use a Franz Ferdinand song that isn't Take Me Out like three times, um, which, which, is, which is so strange. It's it's really, it's bizarre to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, in answer to your question, I think, yeah, it, it is sad. And I think Dumb and Dumber 2 is like the best example of how fucking sh- shit everything has got in terms of like regurgitating things. I think there are probably some... I've gone back and forth on this. Like sometimes if, if people see like a remake coming out and they're like, oh, for fuck's sake, why are they remaking this? The original was so good. I also kind of think it doesn't affect the original. Mm-hmm. I, I have thought that in the past. I'm like, it's not going to take away from the original. These sequels aren't going to necessarily damage the original. But then watching Dumb and Dumber 2, having watched Dumb and Dumber, I'm like, oh no, this does actually make Dumb and Dumber worse. Like <laughs> I feel like this has actually hurt Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber is a worse film now because Dumb and Dumber 2 exists. Uh, so I go back and forth in my kind of opinion on this. I, d- I don't know, but like, yeah, it's it, Hollywood's in a weird fucking place and it's all to do with like the finances of it and people not willing, being willing to like, take risks or try something mm. with a filmmaker who wants to uh, th- there'll be people who want to write like new interesting fucking stories and characters and places and things but they're not getting those opportunities they're getting opportunities to like direct the new star trek or like write for a star wars series and look people like those things and th- those are bad examples but you know uh, things are getting rehashed too much i agree i agree with you there um and dumber dumber 2 is absolutely dog shit Okay, <laughs> I, I I kind of took it on a bit of a serious turn, so I do apologise. Obviously, it's probably no. about you when I'm here going like the fiscal year of nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're talking about how reboots or sequels ruin the first movie, The Matrix now a classic example of that with the brand new one, yeah, completely destroying the original film, which is phenomenal. But I think the, the original film still is phenomenal, right? You can watch The Matrix now and enjoy The Matrix. Well, yes. Regardless of what you think about further Matrixes. I've not seen the latest one. And I haven't seen the... I think I might have seen one of the sequels. I've seen bits of of the sequels. I've watched The Matrix. I love The Matrix. I I do get it. And I think, you know, um, you you can have a very personal connection with a film. And when people... Or a franchise. Or characters. And when it seems like people aren't treating that with respect, um, it can hurt. And, and I understand that, but also I think the Matrix is always going to be the Matrix. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't make them like Dumb and Dumber. I I feel like <laughs> is more uh, more porous and can absorb poison, but the Matrix has got a real kind of digital sheen to it. And uh, no matter how much shit you throw at it, it's still going to slide off, and you'll have that perfect. The Matrix is so fucking good. Like, it is uh, when uh, you've actually watched the sequels we'll have mm. this conversation again okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah i can i can argue this point i'd be like yeah, yeah no it's fine the matrix is still the matrix i haven't watched any of the other stuff that yeah but the original is point. it's fucking great it is it'll always be a classic it will always yeah. be uh, it, again it should have been standalone 
it should be yeah, standalone yeah. and left alone. Yeah. And then again, it's like we can make lots of money out of but this. But it, it did so well, and so therefore, you know, the cash cow starts to yeah. churn into. Motion. I get it. That's that's not a good metaphor either. I don't think cash cows <laughs> churn into motion like they're like robots. But yeah, like if so, that's the thing. If something does well, you have to keep doing it until it runs dry. Um, I think the Matrix has probably run dry now, but um, yeah, so you might be able to oh, breathe yeah. a kind of sigh of relief. <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe we should have this conversation again. What's I've watched? <laughs> yeah. Matrix revelations reloaded, undone, re un. I can't, what's the What's the newest one called? Resurrections. Re- Re- Resurrections. Okay. Is there, rev- is there revelations, or have I made that? Up? Yeah, revelations. Though that's the third revelations. one. Revelations. Reloading is the second one. Okay. Yeah. So you actually nailed it. Completely <laughs> nailed it. But... <laughs> Maybe we should go back to yeah. about things about you, Sam, rather yes. than okay, going sure. into. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about the Matrix. I, I, oh, okay. Matrix. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing as I am the one, let's let's talk about. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's Keanu. Um, <laughs> so I love the, the fact that the show has sort of grown into more than just the films now. You know, you've got the mailbag, continuous yes. jokes about Tiffin and, and the English. Yeah. But the one yeah. thing we need to talk to you about, Sam, is we've spoken to people with drug and alcohol addictions and everything like this, but we've never spoken to anyone with a soft drink addiction. Right. You and yes. Pepsi. Oh, there it is right there. Yeah. What? I was saving this until it was there. <laughs> I love that you knew it was coming up. Because it's something we've got to talk about. How bad was this Pepsi addiction? Or... Um, well, so here's the thing. Um, I didn't realise how bad it was until I needed to stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I love Pepsi Max. And for the occasion, I'm drinking the uh, the real shit, you know, the kind of fully caffeinated Pepsi Max, um, which I, I try to avoid these days. There is now Pepsi Max caffeine-free. Um, there was an episode of the podcast where I revealed that and that I was drinking that, and it, that was a, like a big turning point. I was back on the Max <laughs> without the caffeine. So I think the, the, the situation was, um, I was I was drinking a lot of Pepsi Max um, throughout my teens and 20s. <laughs> Um, and I didn't really put two and two together that I wasn't sleeping very well for most of that time, right? I, was, I, was, I couldn't really get to sleep at night. And actually, in a way, in a way, and I've never thought about this before until this very moment, in a way, that kind of helped me get into the zone of podcasting because I, the thing that would put me to sleep would be listening to old episodes of podcasts that I loved um, on my iPod. Uh, so, like, uh, you know, the the Ricky Gervais stuff, the Adam and Joe, mm. um, it was uh, Russell Howard's Six Music thing and with John Richardson back in the day. Uh, loads of podcasts that I loved. Um, I would just listen to those in order to fall asleep. That would be my, like, strategy. I'd wake up in a tangle of uh, iPod headphones every morning. But the reason why I wasn't sleeping, uh, mostly, was because I was getting through so much caffeine via pepsi max uh now you might think compared to like coffee the amount of caffeine in pepsi max is kind of negligible but i was guzzling that like it was water um and i would have like pepsi max by the bed for the morning um if you want like a an indication of how uh tricky things got like at uni like i would go to bed with like a full glass of pepsi max by the bed so that in the morning I could have a little swig of Pepsi Max to get me to get me out of bed. I, I didn't think about what was going on at the time. That seemed fine. 
And then it would through, again, through like talking to Kevin about it and him kind of noticing how much I was drinking that it became this kind of, you know, ongoing goof. Um, and so I didn't really see a problem with it. I just loved Pepsi Max. And it, it is the best uh, cola as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if you you guys have any cola views, um, you know, any any favourites. It is uh, Pepsi. I do prefer Pepsi over yeah. Coke. And I really like the new Pepsi Max cherry and the raspberry one. Mm. Okay. Oh, I'm a yeah. fan of those. You're a flavour guy. Sure, I'm a flavour sure. guy. I'm definitely a flavour guy. <laughs> oh, car away from me. I'm a Coke man. I have been, always will be. Um, hey. It actually, the funniest thing was there was a map because I work in Cardiff City Centre, and there was a massive fuck off Pepsi truck that had pulled up. We're getting them every now and again. I pull up right by where I work, and one of the girls working there had a booth, pe- big Pepsi booth, Pepsi T-shirt, everything's Pepsi yep. everywhere. In the booth, just a can of Coke. <laughs> Interesting. That's fascinating. <laughs> that must like, feel ah. like. That must feel really rebellious when she's doing it, you know. Yeah, have a can it's of like, Coke in there, in the Pepsi she, booth, in the yeah. sacred zone. Yeah, the it Pepsi was there. booth. The, but the beautiful oh. red and white just sat there. I was like, wow. Oh, I see. I see how it is. <laughs> it's like a Montagues and Capulets. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> wow. I never yeah. thought I'd hear Pepsi and Coke in Romeo and Juliet together. <laughs> <laughs> but, I shall um, keep your secrets, down. <laughs> I wish those Pepsi trucks turned up near me. Anyway, um, God, I love Pepsi Max. It, anyway, it, it, it's, it's my favorite drink. Also, I didn't like fizzy drinks as a child. I didn't like fizzy drinks. I didn't like fizzy drinks. I didn't like pizza. Um, what? Yeah. And I love both of those things with all my heart now. Um, but like, I, I would go to uh, Pizza Hut with my family and have pasta and like salad, like a fucking weird <laughs> I, for some reason I just as a kid didn't think I liked pizza and then I started like eating pizza and be like oh yeah of course I like this it's pizza what am I what am I talking about <laughs> but anyway I didn't like fizzy drinks as a kid and so I think I, there was a sense of like making up for lost time <laughs> with the amount of Pepsi Max that I was consuming um I mean, I, I don't want to think about, like, financially how much I've spent on Pepsi Max compared to, like, if I was just drinking water. Um, but I, look, I got through a lot. But the thing was, I sort of started to realize that it might be the thing that was, like, impacting my health and well-being a little bit and, like, my sleep. And maybe, like, giving me... Like, I think caffeine can, like, affect, like, anxiety and stuff like that if you're having too much of it. Um and also, my bowels were a fucking nightmare. I don't, I don't know if that's to do with Pepsi. My shit was or, black and it fizzed. <laughs> it's well weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this? But get um, it out. <laughs> imagine that reverberating around the bowl. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So I, I kind of got a sense that maybe this was the thing that was doing it and that was having an impact on me. So I thought, okay, all right, I'll uh, I'll just quit cold turkey. Um, and I also quit Pepsi Max. And so I... Uh, <laughs> Fuck's sake. That, look, I couldn't... I, I have to, Sometimes I just have to do it. Um, so I stopped drinking, <laughs> drinking Pepsi. Um, and it was an absolute nightmare. Um... I don't want to compare it to like 
the scenes in Train Spotting. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> no, well, I it, mentioned a not, toilet bowl, so <laughs> it's not even remotely comparable. But I had like I felt sick, like I felt ill, um, and I think it, it's just caffeine withdrawal. Um, but it was horrible, and for like a couple of weeks, I just had the worst headaches, and I felt ill and sick, and like struggled to get out of bed. And then beyond that, I was okay. And um, when I found myself relapsing a little bit and drinking some some more Pepsi Max for a bit and then stopping, I get like a kind of mini version of that. So I'm like, okay, it's definitely like I had a problem with caffeine for a bit. Um, so now, I mean, when the, the caffeine-free Pepsi Max came in, that was a beautiful day. Like, and it doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't affect me in the same way. I'm drinking the real stuff for this. And I, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm able to partake in a little bit of Pepsi Max, should I please, and I can control it and it's okay. Um, I'm going to yeah, feel really re- bad if you end up having a relapse because <laughs> of us. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- that became like a, a massive thing on the podcast and spun off into its own like. Uh, feature <laughs> and segment. Um, I love it though. <laughs> and I love being able to bring it back. Like I, I recently drank, um, you know, soda streams. Oh, this was what? And, I don't know how you did this. Like their own syrup that you put in with the fizzy water. Um, I bought some of that. I don't have a soda stream. So I just, <laughs> for, for a segment on the show, um, I mixed it with some like sparkling water to see how it was. I also mixed it with still water, which was weird. And then I just kind of had a shot of the, of the Pepsi Max syrup, um, and it was oh. like you know it was it was very intense. And I think you can kind of hear it on the episode. I suddenly become a bit giddy for like five five minutes, <laughs> um, because like the amount of caffeine I just kind of that pure hit of Pepsi Max. It was it was it was a bit much. And I, I've still got that. Uh, it looks like one of those um, matey shampoo bottles. <laughs> the soda stream Pepsi Max. I've still got that. And, um, I've, and I'm going down some real rabbit holes here. Um, the uh, Aldi, and this is not a sponsored segment for Aldi, but at Aldi, um, they've, they've released their knockoff Baileys for the season, uh, which includes a white chocolate uh, Baileys knockoff. And I did the other day, I was having some of that. It's incredible. Like, it's called Ballycastle at Aldi. Um, and there's low prices and quality products at Aldi. Uh, no, like, <laughs> but I bought some of that and I tried some of it. Um, and it was delicious. It was like kind of like alcoholic milky bar. It was fucking, ah, incredible. That's real. But then I saw the uh, the Pepsi Max syrup. It's like on top oh. of the fridge. And I th- and part of me, part of my sick Pepsi Max brain was thinking, <laughs> do I put, what if I put, <laughs> put this in the white chocolate Baileys from Aldi? And I didn't do it, but I'm oh. not, I can't commit to not ever doing it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Especially at Christmas. I'm intrigued. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I'm want intrigued to too now. much of the babies. We know what's yeah. happening on this year's Christmas swirl now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine it with eggnog. But yeah, that, that, oh. that opens up. And I don't even really know what eggnog is, and I don't want to Not know. Um, Does anyone? <laughs> I don't think they do. I think you just kind of accept it's called eggnog, and you kind of move on with your life. Um, but forgets a spot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I was... Um, really badly addicted to Pepsi Max. Um, and it was 
at the point where it's like a facet of my personality and i think it kind of still is and it's still like a, a fun thing on the podcast um but yeah i'm i'm okay now i can control it and i feel safe so <laughs> do, do uh do pepsi know are they aware uh, so right so i have uh. <laughs> I mean, they don't know what I've just told you. Um, I was addicted and it was affecting my sleep. And I, I felt sick when I stopped. Please help me. Yours sincerely, Sam. Um, but in the early days of Cinema Swirl, when we were doing like Pepsi Swirl as a little fun segment, we did um, we did DM Pepsi and try and see if they wanted to be involved in any way or talk to us. Um, it was a real uh, gentle no. From, from the good folks at Pepsi Cola. Um, but we did get followed by uh, Maplin Electronics back in the day when they existed. And uh, Love Honey still followers, I think, to this day. Um, so we, we had some interaction with some brands, but sadly, Pepsi don't want to talk to me despite me uh, banging on their windows at, at night. That's fine, because me and Jamie interviewed the guy who does the adverts for them. He's actually a good uh, friend of our show. Oh, okay. Mr. Right now, Brown. Okay. All right. Interesting. Oh, so I've now got some, you know, degree of yeah. insider connections here that I can so uh, lean upon. I'm wondering, here, Jamie, if we if we send a little message to to Paul and see what uh, <laughs> see what he can do. Right. So <laughs> he knows a, someone a... in the marketing department, so he's in the head office somewhere. Here's what I would say, and I, I don't want to tank this before it's even started. But um, what what was this gentleman's name? Sorry. <laughs> his name is is, is goes by PR Brown. He PR actually Brown. He, he makes music videos and he makes adverts uh, okay. out out in the states. Um, he's good right. mates with like apparitions in this now, but he's good mates like Manson and that sort of sort of uh, like the Slipknot Boys, Ramstein, yeah, etc. Yeah. Et anyway, yeah. he also makes adverts because he's so ah. good at music videos. He makes so he does like the adverts with, like David Beckham and Kevin Hart and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Lionel Messi, that sort of thing yeah, for, yeah. for Pepsi as well. Ah, um, okay. So he actually films and shoots and edits their adverts for them. And, you, and you've got you can you can you're in contact with him. So what I would say, um, just to ruin this before it started, uh, there is a, a little YouTube clip of me drinking the uh, the Soda Stream Pepsi Neat. Uh, if you could just send that to him with no yep. context um, yep. from me, and just leave it at that and see if anything comes of it. Um, that would be fantastic. No, but that, that is interesting that you've got some. I mean, there there is a there's a way there's a pathway of me finding my way to uh, getting in touch with Pepsi Cola. Um, I, so at one point in my Pepsi journey, I did go through a phase of like when I was on like looking for jobs, I would occasionally just type in Pepsi. And, you know, it's like. <laughs> Like, what? Where do you want to work? Pepsi, and I would just try and see if they had any jobs going. I don't know what I thought I would do at Pepsi, but I kind of wanted to. I, I assume because I thought, you know, I'd get free Pepsi. Um, <laughs> worth yeah. a bash. Yeah, it's worth a bash exactly. Um, so that, there you go. That's my kind of. That's the chronicles of me drinking uh, a lot of Pepsi, <laughs> kind of curtailing it a bit recently. Um, it's, still, it's still a struggle, but I love it. I love it. So getting back to the actual show itself, <laughs> are there any movies that really surprised you for whatever reason, whether that be good or bad? Um, that's a really good question that I don't have a good answer for. Like, I, hmm. oh, I, so I was surprised by how much I hated um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, 
I didn't like it at all. Um, and people people love that mm. and really like it. I think it's brilliant. And it's a very important Christmas movie for a lot of people. And it's a very funny movie for a lot of people. And I watched it. And I don't know if I was in some sort of bad mood when I watched it or if there was something going on. But I did not like that film at all. Um, so I think for me, that was, for me, in a way, that was a surprise. And I think that's the, also the most kind of like uh, vocal reaction I've had to like my opinion on something uh, being controversial was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, in terms, I, I can't, I wish I had a good answer for this in terms of like surprising films. I don't, I don't know if I do. I, I'm usually, um, you know, kind of, um, you might want to edit this bit while I'm just thinking for ages out, but uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, usually my reaction to stuff is pretty, um, it makes sense. Like, I kind of, a lot of my reaction is just like, oh, yeah, I get what everyone's talking about with this. I can you know, I get it. Um, there's not been that many occasions where I've been like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. This is, this is that. Um, I mean, there's been times where I thought films were different things <laughs> than what they were. Um, like I, I got kind of like Princess Bride and Princess Diaries briefly mixed up. <laughs> um, there's th- things like that. Um, Total Recall, I think I got mixed up with all sorts of different things. Like maybe Logan's Run, I thought was Total Recall or something. Um, but no, nothing where I've been like completely bamboozled by a film. And it's completely turned my expectations on my head. I don't think. But then also, um, I uh, have not listened back to any of the episodes. And I, I do sometimes forget my reactions to films. <laughs> so I'm saying this to you now. And there may be recorded evidence of me saying <laughs> on a podcast, I was really surprised by that film. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, my answer is, take a listen to Cinema Swirl and find out whether I... Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't recall, Your Honour. Whether I have been surprised, and I, know I should be an expert on this podcast that I do, but I can't. I can't remember any like big. Wait a minute, what? What's going on here? Um, no, but yeah, National Lampings. I thought I would like because Kevin likes it, and people I like like it, and I don't like it at all. Um, I, remember, I remember watching and thinking it was all right. It's not as great as it all makes out. It is. It's, it's all right. Yeah, but I, I guess it's probably one that people have like. Um, especially when people associate something with Christmas and with their mm. family Christmas or with, you know, their relationship with like something, something special and something personal. Um, for someone like me, a, a sort of fool who hasn't seen films to go, I didn't like that. Um, really stung <laughs> for people. I think it, re- it really hurt. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't have a better answer other than no, um, it's probably evidence on my podcast of me saying the opposite of what I've just said. Well, no, you say that you're telling people to go listen to the podcast. It bleeds beautifully into my next Sweet. question. Of saying, you know, you've done 96 episodes of the show now, as of this recording. Yes. Are there any standout episodes that you're like extra proud of? If someone says to you, "What's your podcast about?" You go listen to this one. Uh, right. Okay. What I'm going to do is, I'm gonna... <laughs> this is so bad. I'm going to go through the list of <laughs> of, of cinema <laughs> episodes, and I'm going to see um, because. Uh, what would be like the key one? I'd say. Mm, I mean, this is real dead air, isn't it? This is this is unfortunate. <laughs> what I'm doing here. Um, 
It's all good. We had uh, a guest look for a podcast for about 10, 15 minutes, I think, a few weeks ago. So you're all good, man. Don't worry. We'll, we'll be prepared. Uh, because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, right. Just so I'm sure, can you, can you ask me the question again? I may have forgotten exactly the wording of the question. I was basically, you've done 96 episodes of the show yes. as of this recording. Yes, 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 yes. Are there any like standout episodes? Not necessarily the film, the episode itself, you're extra proud of. Someone says, what cinema swirl? You go, listen to this one. This so, is the one. I would say um, the episodes on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, <laughs> I feel like are some significant ones um because again it's kind of like when i have a particularly strong reaction one way or another i think it makes for a really fun time and especially with, like lord of the rings is something that kevin loves a lot um and so and he was affected in that similar kind of dumb and dumb two way by the hobbit i think that like kind mm. of took away from his enjoyment of lord of the rings um i already didn't like the idea of lord of the rings going into it and i watched it and i had a a challenging time and i think when we did the first one um people really liked the fact that i was having a bad time watching the lord of the rings and so if you listen to that first one and then you listen to the middle one and then the third one we did um i think this was a patreon thing or something we did like we we got to a point where we did the extended cut um so <laughs> i already didn't like the first and the second ones but it but like it was it was kind of an adventure that me and Kevin went on um, <laughs> together as a as a as a team to go through these films. And so we we got together because we we at that point we were doing um episodes remotely, but we got together to do Lord of the Rings together like we did in the old days for the last one. Um and we watched the extended fucking cut. So we were sitting on the sofa watching Lord of the Rings for like eleven hours, whatever long, how long that fucking film is. Um, I think those are like that sort of trilogy of episodes. I think is is kind of is is good to listen to. It's a real, and they kind of take place over a kind of extended period of time. There's big gaps between those episodes, but they kind of they tell their own story. I think. Um, so I'd say maybe those ones. I, I I'm I'm sometimes a little bit um, embarrassed by the early episodes, which is a shame. But I I think they're still fine. Um, but I've got my kind of oh, hey guys um, we're, today we're watching uh, Star Wars and I uh, and so, but now I'm kind of you know more loose and squeaky. Um, but Lord of the Rings, I think I'd found my voice. We'd worked out what we were doing. We were really in a, in a kind of good place, and um, yeah, I think we had a really fun time. And my kind of exasperation and Kevin's love of the franchise butting up against each other um, really caught people's imagination and uh they they wanted us to do the other ones and we're now doing uh, the hobbit films on uh, on cinema swirl as well on patreon so we, we, we've kind of gone into now doing more of this franchise and we've thought about maybe watching uh, that rings of power thing as well um just mm. because you know putting me through lord of the rings related media um is a kind of uh, sick pleasure for the people who listen to my podcast who i love very much and appreciate their support uh but why why do you make me do this i don't like it uh so i, I say those ones yeah i'm not gonna lie though i agree two towers that episode especially it's just yep. pure bliss just for the start <laughs> of it you're just like kevin why are you doing this to me again why you... and then the whole yeah. review is like yeah the trees are walking i get it like <laughs> It's, it's just some fucking lads walking. That's the whole thing. 
They just walk around. And then there's a little man. <laughs> I love it so. Little man with a ring. That and Mean Girls. I love the Mean Girls. Episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, mean Girls is great. And uh, I, I had a great time um, after we'd done that episode. Um, I went to the, I think it's the Prince Charles Theatre in, in London, the cinema, hmm. Prince Charles Cinema. Uh, and they did like a kind of quote along Mean Girls thing that I was able to go to and kind of sit at the back of, but just enjoy like getting the kind of for people who are so into that film and the, uh, you know, the, uh, I guess, culture around it and the love around it and just, just be in that room and see that after having watched it with Kevin. Um, yeah, that was a really fun film. I really like Mean Girls. Um, yeah. So I'd say The nice. Lord of the Rings is like a, almost like a self-contained story within the podcast is is a good Good place to to check out. As much as I hate to say, because it is at you know at your benefit of laughing at you, but it, I agree. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're just brilliant. But... I know it's good content, but I I suffered for that art. You suffer for your art, yes. Brave of me to call it art, but uh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> suffered for that podcast episode. <laughs> so before we start wrapping up, you guys, as, we, as we've hinted to, have a Patreon where you yes. offer a ton of extras. What sort of stuff can people find on there and just, just sell us on the Patreon? Okay, so um, so on Cinema Swirl, we watch big blockbuster, significant cultural movies. Um, on Patreon, over at patreon.com forward slash Cinema Swirl, uh, we do a show called Cinema Swill, uh, and you can see how we got to that conclusion, um, <laughs> where we watch just famously uh, rubbish films. Um, in fact, uh, there's things like Super Mario Brothers, The Room, uh, oh god, Street Fighter, um, just a, a bunch of oh, um, oh, what's that one? Oh no, oh no, uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide. Oh, we watched. Yeah, we watched Suicide Squad, uh, the original <laughs> Suicide Squad. Um, Battlefield Earth. We watched Plan Nine from Outer Space. Look, we've we've gone through all the kind of great canon of shit films. And we've watched them, and those have been some of my favourite like podcast things to do. Um, it's it's its own other thing, but it's they're, they're full episodes basically. Um, I think there's forty something of those now, um, and they're kind of like a nice companion piece to the show. Um, so you know, if if you listen to Cinema Swirl and you like what we're doing, um, there's more of it. Um, in a kind of alternate reality where we just watch absolute dog shit, including Dumb and Dumber Two. That's a real good example because we did Dumb and Dumber on the main show, and then we did Dumb and Dumber Two. Um, oh, we did uh, Jack and Jill, Adam Sandler's fucking Jack and Jill, oh. which was another like heartless fucking <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> evil, <laughs> like horrible, horrible film. Um, but they're so fun to talk about. Um, I think you know, that, and that's like well trodden ground. I think there's a lot of people reviewing like bad movies, but. You know, if you enjoy the dynamic that me and Kevin have, and you think it would be fun to hear us talk about bad movies, there's a lot of content on our on our Patreon. Um, so if you want to check it out, uh, head on over there to have a look. And there's also some little video bits and an extra bonus bits and bobs. But the main thing is that the, the cinema swill kind of a whole other podcast uh, behind that sweet sweet paywall. <laughs> Incredible, Mr. Stevens. Do you have any more questions for our wonderful guest? Um, you're talking about the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like, mm. why do Sharknado? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's one we have uh, we have considered for uh, for the old swell. Um, I don't I don't yeah. know if it has like the yeah yeah. It's um, oh that would be a good trilogy to do. I mean, are there, are there more than three of Sharknado? Oh, I think there's like, like three now. now. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Just well, keep we, going. We get stuck in our little uh, rules about what we're doing. So it was, I think Sharknado was like cinematically released, wasn't it? It wasn't like a... I don't think yeah. it was. Oh, okay. Um, we, straight to DVD. We have locked ourselves in on being like, the films we watch on Swill have to have been cinematically released. But I think we should probably loosen on that soon. But the, the reason why we haven't yet is because once you open that straight to DVD, straight to VHS um, <laughs> floodgate, Bye. you will drown in like <laughs> crap movies. Like the, the, there are no bounds to the amount of films that you can, bad films that you can watch once you get into that world of things that have been you know, straight to DVD. And now with like straight to streaming as well, I think there's a whole other kind of dimension. Hallmark of, movies. Right? Yes, exactly. So many. Um, so we, we may we may well get there, um, but we have our little our little weird rules that we do. Be- we bend those rules all the time. Um, <laughs> I think for a while, like, so I, I give these films like a rating, and as a joke on the first episode because it was Star Wars, we said it was a Star Wipe rating, mm. and like, <laughs> I think I said I wasn't going to do half Star Wipe ratings, and then I just started doing them loads, <laughs> and like, some people were like, but Sam, you said you, I'm like, it's it's. My opinion holds no. <laughs> I should no. do what I want with it. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Like I think some people like really like you know oh, this is important. You know you need to keep to the you know um, sacred nature of the star wipe rating. Um, anyway, uh, I can't remember what I was saying, but uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Very much. And, and the velocity, the velocipasta as well. I think it's another one. The the velocipasta. Oh, Church not as in like um, pastors, like pasta bake, as in like pasta, <laughs> as in as in religious. Yeah. Yes, pastor. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was like. like <laughs> I want to see a spaghetti. You know, like, what's into a dinosaur? Well, yeah, you get like shaped pasta for kids. I thought it was just like oh, uh, there's a whole film about like an animated film about. <laughs> it's not <animated. laughs> dinosaur pasta. That sounds amazing. Not, Why hasn't that been made? <laughs> yeah, like like Toy Story, but for. <laughs> like spaghetti hoops or something. <laughs> <laughs> pasta. Um, but yeah, the, 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 I, I do want to check out those things. Um, I do want to watch those um, those real sweet gut. But like, I think those those films like lean into their awfulness, don't they? They kind of know. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit kind of self aware. The the real fun is in when people have put a lot of time and effort and energy into something that ends up still being really bad. And like you know, but when it's like. Winking at the camera, being like, ah, guys, come on. I mean, there, there's a lot of joy in that. Um, but for some reason, I take a greater thrill in <laughs> watching something bad that people really cared about and wanted to be good. Like The Room. Have you watched The Room? No, nope. long time Okay. Ago. Check out The Room. Like, it's 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 fascinating. And the, and the process behind it. There's that whole uh, disaster artist yeah, film I've watched The Disaster Artist, but I don't yeah, think yeah, I've yeah. watched The Room. <laughs> yeah. Check out The Room. It's it's so interesting um, that that was even made and that the guy made it. And and he's a real character. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there, there's so much scope for that for that show. Um, and that, it's been one of my favorite things to do is just talk about rubbish movies. Um, even though there are some rubbish movies on, on regular swirl. When you first began podcasting, when you when you when you wanted to be that train driver back when you were a child, did <laughs> yes. did did you ever think that life would work out the way? Did you ever think this is where you'd be? Like Cinema was, you know, very popular show. You did really well with it, smashing out the park for the last eight years. Um, you know, a lot of hard work's going into it, stuff. But did you ever think that this is where you would be today? Uh, no, um, but like, so uh, something that just started as me bugging my friend to 
do a podcast with me because I wanted to do a podcast. Um, we, I mean, we so we um, in the early days we were just doing it for fun and kind of released it on a kind of sporadic schedule. It was a bit all over the place, and we had big like breaks. Um, again, not to come back to like big break, but like we had <laughs> um, yeah. that's a snooker gesture. I don't know how to play snooker. Um, <laughs> we, we we had like gaps and stuff. Um, but we're now at a point where we're, we're doing it pretty regularly and we're really committed to it and we love doing it. And it's it's kind of this um, well-oiled machine, but it's still surprising and fun. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know we'd get to that place. I'm so glad we did. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't want to get weird and preachy, but I'm like, if anyone's thinking of starting a podcast, um, do it. Because even if no one listens to it, you, you're going to have a lot of fun. Like it, it, there's so much benefit to doing it and to putting yourself out there and it could become it could become something significant it could be something that you do for fun and for hobby but you will learn something and you will grow and you will change uh, in a good positive way um so yeah so from from where i was to where i am now um yeah it's had a huge it's had like a massive influence on like my whole life and just from like dicking around talking about films um that's been great and, I, and i've loved it and I love still doing it. We're nearly a hundred episodes, which again, over eight years is not that many, but like it, it still feels like a, a big achievement for us that we're we're nearly at that point. It really, is. and you're absolutely right. The power of podcasting is just incredible. It's a beautiful medium. I love it so much. I yes. couldn't agree with you anymore on that. Before we let you go, there's a, um, any plugs, social medias you want people to go and check out? Uh, just just the obvious ones, I think. So um, at Cinema Swirl on Twitter and slash Cinema Swirl on Facebook and just Google Cinema Swirl for the podcast. And if you want to follow me, um, I don't tweet that much interesting stuff, but if you fancy following me, it's at Sam Chaplin, just at my name. Very pleased of getting my name on, yeah, <laughs> on <that. Twitter>. like, <laughs> getting the actual handle. Uh, it pays to get in early. I've got in early on other social media platforms that have not taken off and it's not benefited me. But for on, on Twitter, I'm glad to have uh, Sam Chaplin. So, yeah, just those really. Um, if you fancy giving me a follow, I, I tend to like if I'm if I'm doing something uh, uh, new or interesting, I will I will tweet about it from there. Um, and if you fancy listening to the show and you've not heard it, um, Cinema Swirl, check it out. I would say. And make sure you follow Cinema Swan on Facebook so you can get involved in the polls for the new episode. Yes. I've just yes. seen the new one drop today for Godzilla, Godzilla, or Godzilla, <laughs> and yep. I can't wait to go vote on that one. I think it's going to be Godzilla, I reckon. Yes, but I reckon, I reckon it might be. Make sure you check out Ballycastle um, <laughs> Irish Cream at Aldi. It comes in the following flavours, white chocolates, uh, chocolate and mandarin, hazelnut and chocolate, and just your regular old Irish cream. And it is delicious. <laughs> It's the perfect thing for the Christmas season. Uh, and you can even drink it in uh, in September like me. So uh, if you want to pour some Pepsi Max Soda Stream into it, knock yourself out and have yourself a merry little Christmas in September with Ballycastle available exclusively at Aldi. Limited edition. Get in quick. I drove over there the day I found out it was coming out. And I got duplicates of some of my favorite flavors. Chocolate orange. It's delicious. So make sure you check out Valley Castle Irish Irish Cream with Tom and Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think that'll do you. That's beautiful. Nailed it. And we've got to say Sam, the best the best Aldi name will always be their version of Dr. Pepper being Professor Peppy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Professor Peppy. <laughs> Professor Peppy. Oh, Professor Peppy. I need to get some brilliant. Professor Peppy. 
this has been amazing my friend thank you so much oh, for hanging thank like, you we guys. really appreciate it and for pushing back half an hour i massively appreciate that as well oh well uh, thank you for putting up with my fucking internet nightmare <laughs> um oh god that was that was horrible having to run downstairs and uh but we switch everything it. off, uh, reset everything. But I think it's it's working. Yeah, we I made think, it. I think yeah. it's all it's all come out okay. Um, yeah, but thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank it's, you very it's much. Been a pleasure. Yeah, means um, Look out, look after yourself, sir. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you. All right, cheers, guys. Cheers, uh, Miss Sam. Have a good Take night, care, mate. And you, bye. you too. Bye bye. What a fantastic interview! I love this. It's yeah. amazing getting to learn more about someone who you listen to really and have for like eight years. It's yeah, it's just phenomenal. It's great. People go check out the Cinema Saw podcast right now. Go subscribe. Go listen to their juicy little numbers. The Princess Bride is the most current episode right now. Yeah, the missus, the missus was loving it, so she uh, yeah may want to watch it again. But Sam, thank you so much for taking the time with my friend. Really appreciate it. But everyone, please go check out Cinema Swirl on the socials. As they said in this, that is how they do all the episode voting. So go get involved. At the minute, Godzilla, Godzilla, or Godzilla. I suggest you vote for Godzilla. Yeah, me too. And we hope that you guys enjoy listening to it as much as we did recording it. Mr. Stevens. What's going on? It's only audience participation time. Let's do this shit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. This week, I said, last week we had so much fun debating the greatest TV themes of all time. So I thought, let's keep it on the same track and find out your favourite things. Nothing sells you products like a memorable TV advert. So this week I'm asking, what is your favourite TV advert of all time? Any particular reason? Let us know. What say you, Mr. Stevens? What is your favourite oh, adverts? Jamie Westwood, the favourite adverts of all time. And I really wish they'd bring them back. I think they brought it back randomly once last year. The Real Men of Genius adverts by Budweiser. Will Real never ever be beat. Real men of genius. I don't know. Killer gas passer. Um, the old ninja <laughs> of the nasty. Crack open a window. <laughs> Enjoy, Bud. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real men of genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Silent Killer Gas Passer. Mr. Silent Killer Gas Passer. Last night you had the enchilada combo platter. This morning, the three cheese omelet with broccoli. This afternoon, you're a ticking time bomb. Oh, they were so good. If anyone remembers them, go to YouTube and type Real Men of Genius adverts and thank me later. There's loads of them, and they are fucking hilarious. With a choir, a really good singer, all about random shit that people do whilst drinking a bud. I'm Go intrigued now. I don't know this Silent one. Killer Gas Passer, so basically a farter, was one of the best ones ever. There's glows that are just so good. Um, and blow and blow was that out of the out of the water. They were fucking amazing. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. I can't wait. I can't wait. You'll text me and be like, yeah, these, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Trust me. Real man of genius. You need it in your life. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to check that out. I'm intrigued. I want to and- reach out to the singer now and see if we can get him on. <laughs> that'll and- be amazing. Any of us that spring to mind? Well, I'll stay cozy, of course. No, of course, stay cozy. Oh, yeah. uh, 
I had two which didn't appear in comments. I had others, but the one that didn't appear in the comments is two. Sorry, not one. No one remembers this advert. These adverts. It was an advert for Smint. Do you remember Smint? The little mints. Yeah, they still exist, don't they? I think that. I'm not sure. I haven't seen them in years. But it was an advert for that, and it's literally a. All he does now is sit around and watch garbage all day, and it spins around to a guy just sat in front of a bin going. <laughs> and it's always amused the living shit out of me. It's not even that funny, but it just really <laughs> makes me laugh. It's like a, like a Beavis thing, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And there was also an incredible, I can't even remember what it was advertising now. I think it was like Oxo Cubes of like his metal singer. And he just goes, Shepherd's Pie! <laughs> Fucking brilliant. I've written I've sure another advert. Oh, which one? Down by hip hop duo tag team. Oh, of course. How didn't we not think of that? French vanilla, Rocky Road, <laughs> chocolate vanilla, and cookie, cookie dough. dough. Scoop, there, there it is. is. Scoop, Scoop, there, there it, is. it is. Sprinkles. <laughs> what an advert for Geico. Incredible. Uh, right, let's get some audience answers. Oh, There's yeah, some yeah. great ones in here. Let's see if you remember any of these. Philip Close says, Carling Black Label's Dam Busters advert. Do you remember this one? It's basically the feature for the Dam Busters. Do, 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 and dropping bombs and some guys constantly catching them. And it's like, I bet he drinks Carling Black Label. I bet he drinks Carling Black Label. <laughs> Your best bet for a fuller flavour. It's like the 90s, isn't it? No. No, it's Carlin Black I, Label. I don't remember most of these. I didn't watch any of the ones people, but I should have done, shouldn't I, really? <laughs> There's some great ones in here. Uh, Mally Malpass gives us two. One, everyone knows. Surely you remember, you know when you've been tangoed. Well, yeah. Oh, a real orange is in Tango. Yes, Ralph. Super taste sensation. Smashing drink. Lovely. You know where you've been tangoed. I got in trouble in school for that. Why? <laughs> Running up to someone like a boy, you've been tangoed. <laughs> they told oh, me off. Would... They ran to a teacher and told off on me because I rubbed my hand in their face. Oh. I wasn't like junior school. I was only a little idiot child. It's fine. And he shared another one, which I've never seen before in my life. This must be new. It's from Brewdog. And it literally just says the word advert with a picture of a Brewdog can in front of it. And it's just some metal song playing over it, like full blast. That's all it is. I was like, that is brilliant advertising. I like it. It's an advert. Um, Melissa Daly says, this is my personal favourite advert, the Yellow Pages bad haircut commercial with James Nesbitt cutting his niece's hair. Oh, don't remember. It was absolutely brilliant. He's basically saying, oh, we don't need to pay for a bar- hairdresser. I'll do it. He cuts her hair so bad and the mum comes home. He's like, oh, I'm on the phone to the barbers now. I'm going to make a complaint. And he's going through the Yellow Pages trying to find a barber's haircut. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Fantastic. brilliant. Uh, Jake Smith brings up another classic. Belly's gonna get yeah. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had that sang to me a lot as a fat kid. Yeah, Sorry, bastards. Dude. It's fine. I remember the Peter K. John Smith's adverts. Which one's bad? I don't know. 
when he's, he's a footballer, and then, although they're playing football in the garden, he's absolutely twats the ball so far. He's like, oh, give it some of that. Let's have it. Have it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I remember that. Garden. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember that now. <laughs> Violet Autumn says the Budweiser was up adverts. No, real man genius. <sighs> no, no, get in the bin, real man no. genius. Trust me. You what's up looks pathetic compared to real man genius. Trust me. I'm intrigued now. Yeah. Those was up ones like were great it. though. They were all right, yeah. They got parodied in the scary movie, so you know they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> Luke Bromfield rem- just brought back some sort of horrible memory for me. I completely forgot this existed, and I'm really sad that I now remember this exists. The Judder Man. Nope. Oh, you don't remember the Judder Man? It was creepy as fuck. Beware the Judder Man, my dear, when the moon is fat. It's from an alcohol drink, I think it was called Metz. And he was like, beware the Judder Man. Ooh, it was, oh, it was creepy as balls. I forgot it existed. And along the lines no, of creepy as well, Gemma Williams says, this is my favourite of all time. It's Mr. Soft from the Soft Mints. It's terrifying. It's supposed to just look like this man is made of pillows walking down the road. He's like, Mr. Soft. It's creepy as fuck. I don't know how some of these got away with it. Did you sing the song? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it went, Mr. Saw. There's more to it than that. That's all I can remember. Mr. Soft, won't you tell me why the world in which you're living is so strange? <laughs> Leah Smith, I've completely forgot the R. White's lemonade adverts. I'm a secret lemonade drinker. No. <sighs> all right, do you remember this one then? Baz Black suggests. He- the uh, commercial for Dune Stores. He's a particular fan of that one because he's in it. Yeah, I, I saw that one. I watched yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> you would highlight yourself, wouldn't you, Baz? Fair, it's a great advert. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Roylance says the Guinness adverts with the surfers. Do you remember this one? The black and white one for Guinness. Tick full of tock, full of tick, full of tock. It's like horses in the water and stuff like that. Nope. Oh, it's got to be something you remember. <laughs> Amy Mousy says, is it Mousy or Moosey? I don't know. Carry on. Uh, anyway, um, an advert for Zazu condoms. This is fucking brilliant. I remember this went viral a few years ago. It's this kid just screaming at the top of his lungs because his dad wouldn't buy him sweets. He's screaming, throwing shit around the supermarket and everything. And just bottom it just goes, use condoms. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Jeff McCann unlocked a memory which I would quite like to have kept at the back of my head. And that's the advert for Crusher. Was that the cat? Yes. I want yes, some I Crusher. I do remember that. <laughs> it's strong enough to melt me, make milkshake. I tripped over my own fucking words there. <laughs> Alison Susan says the Iron Brew Goff Holiday advert. This is fucking brilliant if you've never seen this it's basically a bunch of scottish kids drinking scottish goffs 
and they're given some iron brew. And the next thing you know, they're the happiest people on the planet. They've gone to Blackpool, they're dancing around the beach, they're singing, they're smiling and everything. Like full on goth corpse paint and everything, just smiling away, being happy as Larry. Superb. Iron brew know how to do adverts. Helen McNockita. Maynard's Wine Gums. Hoots, man. I'm pretty certain my mum had this song on single at some point. Do you remember the, the man in the house when he's feeding people wine gums? <sighs> There's juice loose about this hoose. <laughs> How do you remember none of these adverts? <laughs> I didn't watch any of them, no. So I don't know. James Delaney, you need to get in the bin, sir, because he has said the Go Compare adverts. Well, go, go compare. compare. I know those. <laughs> hey. Do you remember Matt Godfrey's answer of Say Style UK? I said, you buy one, you get one free. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you buy one, you get one free. <laughs> and Stephen Lee's suggested an advert I completely forgot about, the banned Xbox advert. Have you ever seen this? It's a work of art. It's basically this woman in a hospital bed gives birth. The baby flies, literally ages through the while going through the air and then just lands in a grave. I have no idea what it has to... It doesn't go in the grave as a baby. It, like, ages through time and yeah, yeah, yeah. lands as an old man. I, I don't know. That was ages the, yeah, the I just <laughs> I just worried it came across like a baby fell into a grave. I thought, that's a fucked up advert. <laughs> I don't know what it had to do with Xboxes, but it was a great advert. <laughs> James Firth, Old Spice. I'm on a horse. The tickets are now diamond. Anything is possible when your man smells like Old Spice and not a lady. I'm on a horse. <laughs> that was a great advert. Um, a couple more. Cat Bob, Milky Way, Red Car, Blue Car advert. Oh, dear. Red Car and the Blue Car had race. All Red wanted to do was stuff his face. And last but not least, this is the greatest advert of all time. Nicola Taylor. Umbongo. Way down deep in the middle of the Congo, a hippo took an every cut of rubber and a mango. He stuck it with the others and he danced it in the tango. The rhino said, I know, we'll call it Umbongo. Umbongo, the trigger did he congo. Python picked the passion through the mama, said the mandarin, the parapet, and pandas got the hunger. Boogie landed it. So when it comes to sun and fun and goodness in the jungle, they all prefer the sunny, funny one they call Umbongo. Please tell me you remember this. Do you remember any words to it? No. Umbongo, Umbongo, the drinky dinny congo. Fucking superb advert that was. I used to know quite a bit to that. I'm quite surprised that no one went for uh, Hastings Direct. Oh, how does that one go now? Oh, wait, 100, 1066. But it's not a real number, it's 10 digits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's quite yeah, a few. I was quite surprised to not see there. The other one was a uh, auto glass repair, auto glass replace. Oh hell no! <laughs> hell nah! Hell nah! <laughs> I liked that one. That unlocked some deep memories for me that I'd completely forgotten I meant about. To watch them. I actually meant to. Watch, I've let everyone down there because I actually meant to watch them all to be like, oh yeah, but everything asked me, no, 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 and definitely, oh yeah, oh no. 
But if you remember some, it's fine. Thank you. Thank you to everyone that participated in Jamie's participation challenge. And thank you to everyone that enjoys Callum's preachings, Tom's journal, the interview, and all the absolute gobbly wank we talk at the beginning of the episode. Um, you can also come and find our podcast <laughs> on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you subscribe, hit that subscribe button. Uh, <laughs> I remember myself cough then. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Inhaling saliva. I don't recommend I'm it. Yum. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. <coughs> Fucking dying here. Are you allergic um, to the word subscribe button? <laughs> hit that bell for notifications and make sure you comment, comment, comment. Um, you can also find our hashtag WBW way back Wednesdays. Every single Wednesday. They have ended, but we are currently releasing our Bloodstock live editions at the moment every Wednesday and every Thursday for your enjoyment. Um you can uh, also find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you hit that like, hit that subscribe. Make sure you follow it. Make sure you add loads of shit in there. Do whatever you want with it. Say hello. Come do it. Come join. Come join the festivities. We appreciate it more than anything else. Uh, Jamie, where else can you find us? Uh, chilling out and sipping back on a nice, warm, tall glass of cum. I mean, white chocolate milkshake. Absolutely. Or on the Twitter at TCOPod. Where else can you find us, Jamie? <laughs> Sitting there chilling with a nice warm mug of shit. I mean, hot chocolate. Or Pepsi Max. Or on the Insta. Graham at TCO Pod. We're also on TikTok at TCO Pod where you can go watch Yuska Salmonen have a little dance for you. Uh, it, it, is, it is a great it is a great little number out there, let me be honest with you. You can also come down to our beautifully brand spankingly, sexually, gorgeously, incredibly delicious and wonderful little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. All of our shows are on there, all of our us is on there, and all of our affiliations and sponsors are on there. Uh, so make sure you go and enjoy those. Feast your eyes upon those little beauties. I tell you that right now. The Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, sharers, raters, tell all of your friends. <laughs> Sorry, you really made me laugh then. <laughs> tell all of your friends about us. Allow us in curious, but most importantly, Fenton? Fenton! Oh, Jesus Christ! Fenton! <laughs> Fucking hell, that's a reference I'd forgotten about. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Fenton! <laughs> Before we get out of here, let's say thank you to a few of our friends. First, we have to say thank you to the wonderful, the delicious, the sexy Mr. Matt Roberts. Every single piece of music you hear on this show is courtesy of that one very man. All the vocals, all the instruments, you name it, it's all done by Mr. Matt Roberts. Go check out his latest single, Your Love Acoustic, on Spotify or YouTube or wherever you get your music from. But go follow him on the social medias at Matt Roberts Music and send him some love. We also have to say a thank you to Mr. Braden Barry at Stay Cozy. Him and Sean deliver you some incredible clothing. They are cozy and they are beautiful designs. If you are lucky enough to go see Braden on tour in America at the moment, he's taken the whole Stay Cozy line with him. So make sure you pick some up. But if not, you're stuck here in blighty like me and Mr. Stevens. Go to www.staycozyclothing.com or download the smartphone app. Add whatever you like to your basket. And then when you get to the checkout, add that discount code in The Chronicles and get yourself 10% off your order. A little gift from them to us, to you, our dear listeners. And while you were there, I may, 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 may insist that you purchase the Stay, Co the Stay Cozy and Sophie Lancaster collaborative t-shirt. It's an absolutely stunning design. We can't recommend it enough. 
these guys helping these guys and it means the absolute world 50 percent of all the profits from that shirt go straight to the sophie lancaster foundation so by helping yourself by getting a cozy little t-shirt you're helping these guys with a little bit of cash over in the pockets superb everyone wins and speaking of the sophie lancaster foundation stamping out prejudice hatred and intolerance everywhere we absolutely love this charity we fly the flag from every single episode and i think by now you should love them too we talk about them enough go to sophielancasterfoundation.com go to the hate crime tab and click on questionnaire if you have ever been treated any differently because you music you listen to because you dress differently because you look differently because you decided to paint your nails that day whatever it may be if you're treated differently because of your appearance we need to know about it. We need to know why. We need to know what's happened, how, what response you got from it, because we need to collect all this information to take it to the courts and get the alternative subculture added as a strand of hate crime. Because, quite frankly, it is Sophie's tragic story is a perfect example of that. So let us help them to make this happen. It was Sylvia's goal in life to make that happen. Unfortunately, it hasn't quite happened by the time she passed. So let's do it in her memory, in Sophie's memory, and let's help everyone else in the world because it needs to bloody change. It's 2022, people. What are you playing at? And last but not least, a massive thank you to this handsome bugger over here. Right back at you, my friend. Right back at you, Jamie. Another wonderful episode. A wonderful episode indeed. We do like bashing these out every single week. And, and, oh, we no, do. I'm <laughs> a nice glass of, of, of white chocolate milkshake, <laughs> I believe. White chocolate milkshake. <laughs> From Mark and Spencer. <laughs> well, this was Tesco's own. But, you know, oh, okay. I, I melted it myself. Um, no, in all seriousness, though, this has been absolutely incredible. Sam, thank you so much again for sitting down and chatting to us. We really appreciate it. We really enjoyed talking to you, uh, learning all about yourself. And, you know, we like to make them, we like to make them connections in it. Um, but yeah, as for this week, we right here, are going to see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.